I'm Rupa Subramania. This is Tom Korski. This is Ken Drysdale. This is Dr. Eric Payne. This is Dr. William Mackis. Hi, this is Shadow Davis from the Shadow at Night live stream, and you are listening to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Happy Monday. Man, it is good to be back in the chair. As you're going to hear, this is, uh, <clears throat> well, it's been... Uh, it's been a nice break. I've had a nice uh, a nice time away from the studio. Got to hung, uh, hang out with uh, you know family, friends, the kids. Uh, we built a uh, a Quincy. I don't know if you saw that on social media or not, but uh, uh, people are making fun of me. They they call it a snow fort or you know a Canadian igloo, but uh, the the survival term is a Quincy. Anyways, you pile snow and then you let it set and then you dig out the you know you tunnel into it and it becomes a you know a makeshift uh, um, building survival shelter i don't know you get the point anyways we've had tons of fun uh, we found a way to just to really enjoy the holidays and i hope you did too either way i'm uh, i'm really happy to be back in the saddle 2023 uh man i'm um you know listen there's going to be some things going on in 2023 that i think we got to be realistic about and we got to pay attention to but uh I'm uh, I'm excited for for everything that's going to come in 2023 and and uh, I certainly hope uh, you guys are ready to uh, enjoy the ride. We we've got uh, a lot of interesting guests uh you know working on a lot and then we've got some lined up and everything else. And today's, you know, two long-time guys of of uh, guests of the podcast. So uh before we get there, how about we get to our our sponsors uh uh Canadians for Truth, Borgo Tillage and Tools, you know, or not Tillage and Tools, Borgo Tillage Tools, geez Louise, um, they're back on, you know, I'm, one of the things I'm excited for uh, 2023 is, you know, I, I got to go around in December and, and I'm working on a few businesses uh, still, so hopefully they're they're coming back on, but you know, one of the nerve wracking things is like, man, I wonder if they're going to stick with the podcast, you know, because, uh, you know, it's it's a big time of year. And uh, I'm happy to say Canadians for Truth, uh, their team, uh, the team over at Borgo Tillage Tools are back on, uh, you know, supporting the podcast here for 2023, which I think is super cool. You know, it, it'll be interesting to see what, what comes of, you know, Canadians for Truth Media. You got uh, Joseph Borgo, uh, Jamie um, Soleil and Theo Fleury. Uh, if you're looking for what they're doing, CanadiansForTruth.ca or you know their Facebook page, and you can kind of see their fire and ice shows have been uh, have been quite popular. They've went with Arter Pulowski multiple times, uh, Chris Barber, and uh, I'm excited to see you know who they who they put on stage here in in 2023 as well. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that. The team over at Profit River, Clay Smiley. And uh, Sir Ed, they've uh, entrusted me once again with the message from Prophet River. I'm excited for that. Um, you know, Prophet's been, you know, once upon a time, um, I remember sitting with Clay at, what was that restaurant downtown Lloydminster? Geez, I can't remember it now. Clock Tower, maybe? And, uh, you know, this is way, way back before the podcast had started. Um, uh, I'd asked him to be a sponsor of a hockey draft. And I was terrified to ask uh, Clay for $50. And I'm... I, you know, I can, if I can transport my body back to that time, I can remember Clay kind of chuckling, like, "Yeah, here's fifty bucks. Don't worry about a receipt." And I'm, I'm just, you know, no, no, you know, at that time, fifty dollars was a lot, still is to a lot of people. You know, uh, to have anyone believe in what your idea is 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 a pretty powerful thought. Anyways, long story short, Profit River has been along for the ride, and and I tell you what, that's. That comes all the way from the top, and I really appreciate them uh, supporting. So if you're anywhere across this great country and, uh, you know, you've got a hunter or a sportsman in your life, 
maybe a, a, a gift card would be, you know, you're like, well, I'm, I'm going to go buy them a gun or whatever, you know, and it's like, yeah, I get it. But you can purchase a gift card and, uh, and they ship uh, across Canada. They are uh, the major retailers of firearms, optics, and accessories. They serve all of Canada. All you got to do is go to ProfitRiver.com to find out more. Tyson and Tracy Mitchell uh, with Mitchco Environmental. You know, I got to sit and have a, a beverage with uh, Tyson over over holidays and, and have a pretty good conversation with him, actually. And, um, <clears throat> you know, here's, here's a, a family-owned business that uh, have really been supporters of the podcast since early on, which is pretty cool. And, uh, you know, like with their business, I mean, right now, they've, they've got some work in the winter. I was actually seeing some of the machines they got there. And, um, you know, I, I, um, I didn't realize some of the, that they have year round work and I feel stupid for saying that January, you know, 2023 after they've been sponsoring all 2022, you know, uh, back when I worked for them, it was heavily focused on, uh, on the summer months, you know? And so I've been really pushing on uh, college kids, you know, you're looking for a summer job. Mitchco is always, they, they go through a huge hiring process, which they do, but maybe, uh, reaching out to them. You never know. You might, uh, find out that they're, they're, they're looking for people. Everybody's always looking for good people. And if you, uh, fit that bill, give them a call 780-214-4004. Or if you're like, I wonder what they do Well, they're, uh, providing professional vegetation management services for both Alberta and Saskatchewan in the oil field and industrial sectors. All you got to do is go to mitchcocorp.ca and you can kind of see uh, all of what they're up to. Uh, the team over at Windsor Plywood, Carly Clausen, I found out that he likes the Oilers third retro inverse. Like what a m- just mouth soup there, you know, and I'm, I just... I'm sorry, I can't get behind it. Either way, Charles and his team, they they are the builders of the podcast studio table. Let me tell you, uh, they did some uh, fantastic work there as it is still, um, you know, the centerpiece of the studio here in Lloyd. And uh, if you're looking for different chunks of wood, I really, really suggest Windsor Plywood, whether we're talking mantles, uh, decks, windows, doors, sheds, podcast studio tables. Give them a call, 780-875-9663, or stop in and see them uh, today. Uh, Gartner Management, Lloyd Mr. Bay's company, Wade's been fantastic to me. If you're looking for, you know, maybe your first time out of, maybe you're in your, you know, I don't know, your garage, your house, your, your home officing it, and you need a, a small space, can get you hooked up with that. Or maybe you're having a tough go with your current landlord. Well, Gartner Management, they are, I'm going to be honest, they're very easy to work with. Uh, give Wade a call, 780-808-5025. And uh, Hancock Petroleum, they're back in for, for 2023, and that's the tail of the tape. For the past 80 years, they've been an industry leader in bulk fuels, lubricants, methanol, and chemicals delivering to your farm, commercial, or oil field locations. For more information, visit them at HancockPetroleum.ca. The first is from St. Louis, Missouri. He's a communications consultant that has worked for corporations and international organizations around the world. He's spoken before more than 150,000 people answering questions about some of the most sophisticated and controversial technologies in the modern age. He also hosts the influential Vance Crow podcast. The second, proudly from Tufnell, Saskatchewan, he went from a Snapchat handle to YouTube star with over 11 million views and 100,000 subscribers. And of course, on the weekends, he is touring with his regularly sold out comedy show i'm talking about vance crow and quick dick mcdick so buckle up here we go this is vance crow this is quick dick mcdick and you are listening to the sean newman podcast
All right, welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Vance Crow and Quick Dick, Mick Dick. Boys, how's it going? Uh, New Year, 2023. How's the, how's the fellas doing? Jeez, happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year to you guys. New Year to you guys, whoever's listening. Uh, just great. Well, here we go. Another spin around the sun. Isn't unless, that the truth? Unless you're a flat earth person, and then it's another just time on this flat piece of rock that we live on. Whichever. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, uh, I was, you know, I was, I said this when Quick Dick was on stage, and now Vance, you're coming to, uh, you're coming to Lloyd here, January twenty second. So shout out or uh, shocker to everyone who doesn't know, but uh, Quick Dick, Vance Crow, uh, Stephen Barber, all going to be on stage together, January twenty second. I might as well selflessly promote that right now. Um, tickets in the show notes if you're so inclined. But uh, I was saying to to Quick Dick when we when we got to be on stage together with uh, myself, Quick Dick, and two hundred twenty two minutes that uh, it was a pretty strange feeling, you know, to have people come uh, watch, us three especially, but uh, how we met, you know, uh, uh, with with Twos and Quick Dick coming through Twitter, essentially. And this one is almost as strange, I mean, in the coolest way, um, because the only reason I ever stumbled on Vance was because of Quick Dick coming on and essentially listening him to um, on, on your show, the Vance Crow Podcast. And uh, I don't know, boys, I... 2023, I can't think of a better way to start it, but this is, you know, one of those relationships that have grown, you know, me and Quick Dick have, uh, I like to think, a pretty good relationship, and then, of course, uh, Vance, we've got to spend some time together as well, and um, this has been, I don't know, and now, I wasn't planning this show, it just has fallen in my lap, I mean, you're both in Lloyd Minster on the same day, it's like, somebody wants this to happen. Well, man, I think you're, you're like a, a lightning rod for uh, interesting things to happen. You know, like ever since I met you, you were doing these bicycles across wherever the hell you were going and, and doing <laughs> stuff. So I think if anything, it's it's me along for the ride with you, man. Like uh, your show has just exploded. I I feel like I'm part Canadian because I'm listening to you in twos. And uh, <laughs> I, like, that guy from Manitoba just shocked me just this uh, just this last week you posted. Who are you, who are you talking about, Shadow Davis or Wayne Peters? The guy, the engineer that like reads all those studies and comes up oh, uses shit. the data um, of the uh, Drysdale, Ken Drysdale. Yeah, you know, every time I turn on your thing, I'm always like, I don't know if Sean's going to be able to make this boring person sound interesting. And then what do you know? You've got some dude on there that's like, I've done this for thirty years. I know exactly what I'm doing. This is bang, bang, bang. You're like, actually, I did want to know this. This is pretty cool. Um. <laughs> Well, I, I appreciate that. You know, it's funny uh, to the listener. Quick Dick's been sick for the last bit. He has no idea what what, what the podcast has been doing. He has no idea that I released the the top twenty five uh, episodes from this past year, from twenty twenty two, and he finished. Uh, what was it? I think it was sixteenth. I think I think you were sandwiched. Shit, between, really? Between Ron and I, 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 I should have put on the post uh, in year two. Quick Dick was number one. The first time you ever did a podcast, that was the number one for the year, and I never released them. But top twenty-five this year. So I mean, there's nowhere to go but down from there, anyways, right? So I like it's good. I'm happy. <laughs> well, awesome. you're number sixteen this year. You're, you're sandwiched between Ron McLean and Peter McCullough. And if you scroll up, you know, those are two dudes I never thought I'd be sandwiched between. There you go. There's. <laughs> and you know who cracked the top ten? QDM. Uh, I'm actually very curious to know now. Vance Crow. Well, obviously. I mean, come on. That's a given, right? You listen to that guy talk for a few minutes and uh, and you're going to be pretty captivated by what he's got to say for sure. Yeah, so. Well, I yeah, mean, um, 
<laughs> no, fire away, Vance. Well, I mean, I was just going to say, like, I, you know, I can get in the top 10 of yours, and this is like an honor to me, but you go look on YouTube channels that Quick Dick is on, whether he's doing an interview or his own freaking comedy show. Uh, he's He's got such huge numbers, and he came from nowhere. I mean, like, think back to how different life is from the first <laughs> time you went and put one of those videos on there. I mean, you changed the world. A lot of people listen to you. A lot of people come to your shows, man. Oh shit! Well, I appreciate that, man. Like and like you guys were saying earlier, though, this is uh, this this trio of, of kind of how we've all got to know each other, kind of thing. It is really funny how the world works a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, because yeah, initially, you know, Vance and I uh, kind of started on the Vance Crow podcast, and then I just remember Sean being like, you know, who's who's one person? I was like, dude, like, have you heard of Vance Crow? And like, that's I think that's kind of how this all kind of got started, which is super cool. And I, I just like how the world works like that. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, Vance, obviously, I've listened to a lot of your stuff when I was, uh, when I was, you know, getting into doing live comedy. I, I went back to a lot of podcasts you did with, with comedians. And, and Sean, obviously, with, uh, with you and twos and everything. I mean, uh, lately, I haven't, but I got a lot of catching up to do when I decided to flip social media back on, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's great. I, 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 I enjoy both your, uh, your content. And uh, it's just like, like you were saying earlier, Vance, it's just, uh, it's really cool, Sean, how you just you're not afraid to get anybody on and just get people on and talk to them. And that's uh, there, there's so much more of that that needs to happen in the world now. So just congrats to both of you. And I'm just uh, really, really proud to know both of you as friends and really looking forward to uh, getting together in Lloyd. That's going to be a really good time. Well, yeah. when uh, when you look back at 2022, fellas, what's uh, some things that uh, this stick out to your own year in review? What's what's something, you know, like I, I was saying uh, Vance before we started this, like. My 2022, I, I don't know if I'd ever, like, listed uh, the top 25 episodes before. So I, I had no, you know, one might argue that it was going to be all doctors. It was going to be all whatever, right? And then the top mm -hmm. 25 goes from, like, you know, certainly doctor to YouTube to the States, uh, you know, on the show to, to you know, like a whistleblower to a, a scientist. It was just all over the map. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, it's, it's kind of what I wanted, you know, if I was going to... Uh, um, write out how the podcast would look, I certainly would love to add a couple more athletes. I know the listener would, would enjoy that as well, and I hope to get back to a couple of those. But, like, uh, the top 25, when I when I did, I was like, oh, that was that was pretty cool. And then, you know, I, I, I took it a, a step further and went back and looked over all the live shows I'd done, you know, because that um, was something in my brain that I was terrified of. i still terrified. Terrified of the, the 22nd. It's going to be a ton of fun, but... Um, it's something that uh, when I look back over the year, I'm like, oh wow, actually, you know, like accomplished quite a bit. I wonder what QDM and Mister Mister Crow uh, have to say about their years, uh, you know, as they look back, because you know, 2023, there's a uh, well, a world of possibilities. Go ahead, Vance. Do you want to go? Yeah, I mean, like I, you know, yeah. I've got my obvious family ones, right? But uh, if I were thinking about ones that pertain to podcast and being out in the world. I think the biggest accomplishment for me is my business partner, the guy that helps me put on the podcast, the guy that helps me do legacy interviews. This whole time, ever since he came onto the show, he's been reaching out to the scientists that come on my show, and he like builds a relationship with them. He reads their papers. He uh, like starts um, keeping up with other related fields that they're in and writes them and says, hey, I was thinking about this, and hey, do you have any papers for me that I could read? And so he like built up a, a, a network over the last two weeks or two years. And uh, he got invited to like big time think tanks to share what he thinks about. It. He got invited to go to MIT. He got invited to this thing called the Foresight Institute. 
And that is purely from like him being like, I'm going to go out and find the coolest people in the world. I'm going to get him to come on your podcast. But he didn't stop there. He did what like the best listeners, the best participants do. He's like, he just kept building from it. So for me to see that guy succeed and has been a huge win in my world. You're talking about Ben. Ben Anderson. Yeah. Very cool. You know, as you talk, Vance, before I let QDM talk about his year, uh, I think I might as well just write it down right now. I might as well just have Ben on the show because I mean, uh, there's a uh, when I finally got to meet Ben, like there, there's a guy, and I mean, we're talking about somebody the the listener. Uh, obviously, they follow Vance, they'll know who he is. But uh, um, if you don't listen to Vance's show, you have no idea who you're talking about. But uh, it's uh, he kind of reminds me a little bit of like. I don't know if it's a poor analogy, but a little bit of an iceberg. Like I started talking to him one night and, you know, I, I just assumed, you know, assumptions are a terrible thing, but, you know, it'd be no different than judging quick dick, to be honest, off the beard and the look, right? And then all of a sudden you start talking like, holy shit, you got a lot there. And uh, I had no idea half the stuff he'd done. And it was a very, kind of one of those conversations where you're like, I probably need to circle back and uh, and have a little more in-depth conversation about it. I mean, I think the thing that everybody can learn from Ben, you can do it without even watching him do it, just knowing somebody does it is you listen to somebody on a podcast, you see somebody do something cool on YouTube, reach out and say like, hey, I want to meet you. Hey, I read your thing. Hey, this was cool because that's all Ben's doing and it is paying off in spades. And I know people probably hear your show, Sean, all the time and think, oh man, I'd love to talk with that guy and they don't do it. But the people that do it, they're the ones that change the world. Well, literally, uh, that is how I got you on. That's how I got Quick Dick on, you know. Um, and I look at the list of Twitter people I've had on. You know, I, me and uh, Twos were talking about this um, just uh, over the holidays. Like, so many people catch your eye. And before I can even, like, pass their tweet, I just, like, I'm, I wonder if I can direct message him. And I shoot him a message. And then after I shoot him a message, my instant thought is almost, like, guilt-like or remorse. Like, ah, maybe they aren't that smart, right? Maybe I shouldn't have them on. And instead, I just follow through with the initial thought they had. Because if it catches your brainwave that much, it's like, mm, but there was something there. You know, Substack's a great way to do it, too. Because when you can uh, watch, write something that, you know, really sparks something in your brain... That's another thing that uh, you know I'm I'm trying to follow up more on, and and that sounds like Ben. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think uh, he'd be a good guest, so yeah, I, I highly support that. Hmm. QDM, you you you're a guy who you know, I mean like me Q, you you have done like it just seems like you're everywhere. You know, um, um, I listened to uh, uh, oh. Michael Campbell, uh, his show, Money yeah. Talks, you know, and, and, and that's a, you know, a show out of Vancouver, I believe. And, mm-hmm. you know, it used to be on 630 Chad here in Edmonton for the, the, the local listener yep. on Saturdays. Now it's a podcast and everything else. And there, you know, my phone blows up one morning because all of a sudden Q's on there. And I mean, I just feel like, you know, you're, you're, um, well, I'm curious what, what your highlight of 2022 is or what sticks out to you. Cause you've <laughs> kind of been all over the map. It, it it seems I, uh, <laughs> like every weekend you're in a new little town that's right beside me. Um, you know, you're making uh, a thousand trips across uh, planet Earth, so to speak, on, or, or out here in the West, at least. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah it's t- 2022 was uh, man, it was a really different year for me. Uh, this this whole quick tech thing kind of started in 2019, and then I mean, we basically kind of went into the pandemic, and 
you know, I spent a lot of time and just, I had a lot of time on my hands to create content and do a lot of, a lot of different things. It's just out here in the middle of nowhere and you can't go anywhere or do anything. And I mean, that's just kind of what life is here anyways. Right. Uh, went through, uh, you know, 20, which was an okay year, uh, 21, you know, the quick dick thing was really starting to take off and, uh, we, we didn't have a, a lot of grain. We had a, a bad year with crops and everything. So the winter wasn't that busy with hauling grain and, I, you know, you just kind of started doing some live shows and I, I really, really got, you know, addicted, I'd call it to, to doing live shows and live comedy uh, to the point where I was like, geez, I'm having a hard time concentrating on, on creating content because I'm so involved with doing live shows. Right. But that was something that I think both myself and everybody else really yearned to do was to get back together as a community and, and get together and have events. And that, uh, that just went into overdrive in 2022 and uh, that combined with a, you know, a really good crop year and a lot of grain to haul and a lot of everything going on. Uh, I have found myself very, uh, very consumed by everything in 22, which is the reason that I kind of jumped off social media here just for the last little while, because it was just time to, I was just like, Hey, I, I need to take a break from this and get caught up on the rest of my life because it was getting to the point where I was like stumbling over clothes in my house that I couldn't get into a washing machine and stuff. And I'm like, this is not me. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I don't know if I could pick out a single highlight of uh, of 22, but 22 is a great year. And I think, well, let's call it the highlight of my year is, is being able to go out and, and go to so many different places and to meet so many people. You you get numb to looking at stuff on social media. And if you ever would have convinced me that there was that many people out there that just, you know, share my sense of humor or, you know, the small town stories that I tell, or, uh, I mean, obviously our, our opinion of, of federal government and a few different things, uh, you never would have convinced me there was such a large community of people out there that actually watch my content and that I'd take this many pictures with people or sign people's hats or anything. It's just, uh, it's been a very humbling year. And, uh, I, I think it was really good for me to go do what I did in, in 22 to hit all these little towns and just go, go, go as hard as you can. Uh, it, it kind of sparked a new fire in me. And I, I eventually you ask yourself, well, why am I spending so much time creating content? But when you go out and experience it firsthand with the reaction of people, uh, you know, I like this video. I, I love this or this part that you did. Uh, it, it just, it, it's, it's kind of relit the fire in me and I'm, I'm just ready to give her hell in 23. Uh, you know, I feel like I've got a responsibility here now to, to continue putting out content for, uh, for this, this, awesome amazing fan base that i've built and i mean hats off to both you and vance for for helping me you know uh reach a larger audience and i mean 22 was great i learned a lot about myself i learned a lot about the people that follow me and uh it's it was just kind of good to get out and just mile the shit out of my go-to-town truck for a little bit you know what i mean <laughs> so yeah i don't think you needed any help i think i think it was uh i think you were going places well before i i uh pull Jan. Although I always do chuckle, you know, I tell this story lots. One is, uh, the fact that, uh, I like to say that I popped a uh, quick cherry cause that was the first podcast I ever did. And I remember <laughs> him saying, there's no way I'll have anything to say for an hour. And I started laughing. I'm like, oh, I think you'll do okay. <laughs> and then the other part of that is, is quick dick to this day is the only guest I've ever recorded where I didn't hit the record button. <laughs> so the entire first episode, uh, nobody's no. ever heard because it's nowhere. It's, it literally, we sat and got drunk and, and talked for two hours and then realized I didn't press record. You know, And then a week later, we did the same conversation or rel relatively over again. You know, uh, you, 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 like that's, 
uh, just speaks to the person that that Quick is because he he almost came back on the same night and I laughed and I'm like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't do that. You know, you, you we you both got it. each other's firsts. Hey, yeah, look at that. <laughs> well, it's nice that you could do it in private. <laughs> Um, I want to remind uh, both of you this. Uh, you know, I, I don't do the virtual kind of roundtable feel, if you would. Uh, I really don't like the ping pong. So it, it, it's, it can go, anyone can hop in at any time. And I know Vance is a host and, and he's, uh, you know, he's got that lean right now. Like he's in, the, he's in, kind of in the old uh, captain's <laughs> chair. Uh, I, please feel free if something uh, jumps out at you just to, to hop in, cut me off, cut out whoever off. And, and I mean, I, I know what question I want to ask right now. Quick, sure. Dick. What did you learn by being in all these small towns? Like, what do you know mm -hmm. that somebody that only is seeing these small towns through social media can't know? Uh, I, I think uh, I think the whole show has is, is taught a lot of us, myself included. I had it figured out over the first, you know, four to five shows is that every every small town is is exactly the same. We think we're so different and that only this happens in Tupnell or only this happens in Hillmond or, you know what I mean? And it it, it just doesn't. <laughs> It, it happens everywhere. Uh, I was reluctant to go in the States. I just actually booked some stuff in Louisville, Kentucky and a couple other gigs because I'm actually excited to to get out and meet people like farther outside of the scope of Canada because uh, a lot of the comments and, and different interactions I receive with people that, that watch my content or relate to it, they're like, it's exactly the same here. And so... Uh, that like that was it that that's that's what i've learned from going out to see people is we are we are all so similar on so many different levels and even people that are in uh you know in metro areas uh we're, we're all very similar we allow social media and different uh you know news media outlets uh to to convince us otherwise and if there's one thing that my live shows have have taught me and hopefully the people that attend them is that uh it's 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 not true it, we we are all very much the same we have very very little differences between each other well then here's a question for you two because i mean obviously on the 22nd when we get together it isn't a comedy show it's going to be a throwback not a throwback but the first show i ever did was smp presents solutions for the future it was very much uh informative night a round table setting uh, for people discussing an issue, blah, 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 blah. And the issue we're going to talk about on the 22nd is rural-urban divide. When I hear Quick Dick say, you know, we all got similarities. We're not as different as we think. You hit one of the things, and I always think that there's probably two things that really uh, uh, divide us. One is media um, pitting us against each other. And then politicians, as we know in this country, Quick Dick, um, certainly have uh, not held up <laughs> some of their bargain. Is that a huge chunk of the rural-urban divide, or is there more to it? Uh, and I'm being making it way too simple. I, I'd say I'll, I'll jump in here, Vance, and then feel free to take over any time. But I, I think uh, I think our lifestyles have a have a lot to do with the differences of why we're, we're divided so much. Is it's two very different lifestyles living, you know, in in a in a very rural setting like like where I live in in Tufnell, Saskatchewan, kind of thing. Uh, versus being in the being in the city and in a very heavily uh, heavily populated urban area, just how you live your life and 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 how you go about you know getting your groceries. I, I break it down to the simplest thing. Of what I found is that uh, for for somebody in the city, if, if you're driving home, I mean, it it would turn into a conversation with with your with your partner, partner, or family, or whatever you have going on, being like, well, what do we need for supper tonight? I'll I'll swing by the grocery store and get it. Whereas uh, if, if you live kind of where we do, it's like, well, you have to have that figured out the night before because you got to pull it out of the deep freeze because there's no fucking way you're driving 17 miles in a town <laughs> to go to the grocery store. You know what I mean? 
same thing with the, you know, like, like just tonight before I came here, I was, uh, I was at the Tuffmo curling rink where you've been Sean, obviously. And, uh, we were just putting, the, we're just flooding the ice, uh, you know, and like, that's, that's another thing where in, in the city you'll go and you'll just pay your entry fee or your, your team fee. If you're going to go curl and the ice is there and it's done and you curl, you have fun, you have a drink Well, here, you, you make it, you lay the rings down, you do all your thing, you put the work into it and then you, you reap your benefits. But but look at what we all have in common. We're all going to curl. It's just we experience it very differently depending on where you're from, right? So uh, I think that's where you can really draw that line of, hey, we, we really have something fundamentally Canadian in common here. It's just how we get to it are, are two very different roads, and it makes you look at the approach to it just so differently, right? I, I think that's an amazing way to describe it. I, I think of it slightly differently, but I think they're saying the same thing, like, what people in the city are paying attention to is different than what people in the rural areas are. And it's because you pay attention to whatever is the most important thing to you. And I think that in the city, time moves at a different speed. And this time is creating um, this sensation that you're not completing things, that something's not quite right. You know, anytime anybody can relate to the idea like, Whenever you feel super pressed on, you've got a thousand things going on. You want to try and take care of your kids. You got work. You've got you know all these things going on around you, bells and whistles and everything else trying to grab your attention. That it just causes so much stress that you can't think. And I think that the further you get away from these high density locations, um, the less your attention is focused on certain things. I, I certainly people in the rural areas can be stressed and have anxiety, but what you're paying attention to and the speed of things um, is, is dramatically different. And those two speeds create different frequencies and it makes it really difficult for people to see what the other side sees or to care about what the other side cares about. And so you end up dismissing it and uh, it's because you don't really understand what it is that they're worried about. So you're talking about speeds creating frequencies is it? that's a great analogy actually yeah that's a that's a good way to look at events for sure so go ahead sean sorry no 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 no, no. it's quite all right i'm 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 like i'm wondering how you bring two very similar as we just said curling hockey you know a daryl sutter uh nhl coach fans you you I no idea. Kind of, kind of forget that he has no idea. Who and Sean playing. knows I'm not a sports guy, yeah, so it's all good. <laughs> Daryl Sutter's coach of the Calgary Flames. He said in the middle of uh, th- this past playoffs, there's three things that bring people together. One was music, second was church, and then uh, the third was sports. Uh, commonalities where people can probably overcome their their differences and, and unite around something. You know, like when... Team Canada is playing in the Olympics. Everybody rallies around that, and all your differences seem to uh, um, disappear, uh, so to speak. Right now, it feels like you just have camps. Rural, urban, uh, you go politics, you got conservative, liberal. And, I mean, in Canada, we have a few more uh, options. I mean, but in the States, Democrat, Republican. And it's like, I don't know, am I naive to think that you can't find ways to pull those two together? Or with the current media and what they're doing and and how accessible and the algorithms and all the jazz, you know, and you top on that different frequencies, as Vance says, is that an impossible task? Well, I mean, think about what you just said or where people, you know, have this commonality and it's either music 
church or sports, which are all things that get people vibrating at the exact same frequencies, right? The, you know, if you go to church, you get in there, you know exactly what the pace is, you know when it speeds up for the songs, you know when it slows down, you know, some churches where you stand up and you kneel, like these sorts of actions you're getting in frequency with other music, that one's obvious, right? Um, and then you think about sports, even if it's conflicting people, right? If somebody is reaping at, like uh, joy from the rafters because something great just happened, they're stealing that energy from the, the other side and it's just going back and forth. So the question really is, can you find frequencies? Well, I think, and this is not to blow any smoke up your ass here, Quick Dick, but comedy is really the only mm. thing, right? It's, Actually, it's where you get comedy's... people going in one direction and you spin it around and you can get people to see things in a different way. I think comedy is a huge part of this. Comedy is a great thing. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll circle back to that in a second, but uh, to, to your, your question, Sean, I, I don't, I don't think we beat social media in in how it works and in polarizing things because that's that's social media's job is and we all we all know how how algorithms work on social media. But social media's job is to keep your face buried in your phone or your computer or whatever it is, and all they're going to do social media is just continu continually pump you content that keeps your face buried in your phone. Social media doesn't give two fucks whether it's Meta or whether it's Twitter, even whether it was uh, Dorsey or now Musk that's that's running Twitter. It, it doesn't matter who it is. Their job is to keep your face buried in the phone. That's all there is to it, right? Uh, I don't know if we ever win against that. No, no matter what happens, because it's just it's it's big tech whose job is to make a profit off of you. But like that's how a lot of large corporations work as well. So uh, that being said, uh, when, you, when you talk about comedy, uh, I had a, a really cool interaction uh, in Weyburn, Saskatchewan, with a, excuse me, a comedian that was from, uh, from Quebec, believe it or not, that they had an outstanding deposit on that they brought in to, to do this show with me there. And uh, we had a we had kind of a, a little bit of a bad go on the first night because I'd ran over time. I was opening for her and... I, I've never opened for anyone before, you know what I mean? Uh, and I kind of had the crowd going. We were having a good time, so I just kind of lost track of time, and, and she was quite upset with me, uh, and rightfully so, because I really don't understand comedy or, you know, the uh, you, you want to call it the, the group or the clique or the business of comedy. I, I, I don't really understand how the respect goes and, and how you work, and I've always just kind of gone and done my own thing. So I, uh, I got to learn a lot of things there, too. Uh, she was very concerned that when she came on stage that uh, that the, the crowd was going to be unattentive anymore because I'd gone for an hour and 10 minutes. And she said, you'll ever, only ever hold an audience for an hour and 45 minutes and then they're done kind of thing. And I was like, it, so she's quite upset with me. And I just, I just kind of talked to her. I was like, listen, uh, we're in Weyburn, Saskatchewan right now. And everybody in this building has paid for a babysitter and they're out drinking. And I can promise you that there is nothing else happening in the town of Weyburn they'll sit here and listen to you till three in the morning. If you're willing to talk, as long as they keep getting beer and everything's fine, you're going to be okay. Uh, but you know, this wasn't a comedy club downtown Montreal uh, or Quebec or anything. You know what I mean? This was Weyburn, Saskatchewan. And I made a point of going down out front and sitting there and, you know, laughing and interacting with their show. And before you know, it, it's a tight little crowded audience and everybody got into it. And she had them in the palm of her hand for as long as she wanted. Show was over. She came. We hugged. We went for beers the next night before a double header and everything was all good. You know what I mean? So uh, it, it, comedy is you, you just you really can use it not only to, you know, to, to speak to a group of people, but look at the two of us that were in a business situation kind of thing. 
And after it was all said and done, we were just kind of laughing at our interaction kind of thing. So comedy is great and laughing at yourself and with others and being able to look back on something that just happened and be like, you know what? That was actually pretty funny what just happened. These, these are very important things that we do in life, you know, trying to trying to just be, you know, blatantly, humorously honest with each other, right? And comedy is a great one. I, I should have, uh, I got to do, um, <clears throat> in December, I got asked by some of the show sponsors to do a Christmas party. And so I had uh, Sean Lacomer come in from Edmonton and uh, me and him had this conversation before the show started and I'm like, oh man, <sighs> you know, when you're in Lloyd, uh, this is no knock on the people I'm around. I love my community. But if you want to tease about Trudeau for two hours, people will laugh their ass off. I'd laugh my ass off. Yeah. And uh, we had a little frank discussion at the start about Trudeau and I was like, man, maybe I got the wrong comedian. And then he went up <laughs> and did this and did this show it was was just fantastic you know like it was it was almost perfect quick and he told me he was going to stay right in the middle so he didn't talk anything covid didn't talk anything politics he just talked about yeah. life and he yeah. had people on the far in the crowd uh, you know that would be the far left leaning come up to me after the show and say man that was fantastic i can't wait for you you had to do somebody this far left in your crowd Sean. come on man i i would argue i did because these Good. are businesses, I love right? This isn't Good. this yeah. isn't uh, just individuals buying tickets. This was businesses bringing hear. in um, uh, their employees. So I would say they're. I'm not saying extremely far left, but I am saying left leaning. And then I had people that are definitely extremely right leaning, and they came up to me after, and they they said the same thing. Like that was that's, that that's was fantastic. Success. That's awesome. And yeah. so uh, uh, Vance is bang on. Actually, comedy. I you know, and you think about it, like uh, co comedians have been. Um, you know, you, you think of uh, Dave Chappelle getting rushed on stage. You think of Chris Rock getting slapped on stage, and uh, mm. and and basically how they've been told, you know, you're not allowed to joke about anything anymore. And certainly, there are some more raw topics than others. But uh, at the same time, uh, comedy is a great one. When you talk back about frequencies, Vance, uh, of of how people can come together under the same roof, have different views, listen to the same guy or girl, and come out going, "Man, that was a great night." It's, it's, it's a good frequency to get somebody on with this show that you're explaining, even if you've got both sides of a political spectrum or whether, you know, whatever kind of spectrum it is uh, that are on two different sides of it, that uh, they're on the frequency of, hey, it's a joke and we're here to laugh. But you need to be okay with laughing at yourself a little bit, too. And I think that's the most important thing about a comedy show or a comedy in general is... <laughs> You have no business laughing at anybody else if you can't laugh at yourself first. You know what I mean, and that's kind of a rule that I've always tried to tried to hold, and that's why I try and make fun of myself a, a lot when I'm doing my thing. But uh, it's uh, yeah, and that's when I do my show. It's a reason why I don't do a lot of Trudeau stuff when I do my live shows because that's what everybody expects from me, and I want to to change that a little bit. You know, like we could we could laugh, and it's it's low hanging fruit to me. You can make fun of Trudeau, like you say, for two hours and go nonstop. But I mean. There's got to be other shit in our lives we can laugh at, and it turns out there is there's a lot of it. You know, I think we've said it before on a in a podcast, Quick Dick, when uh, we were talking when you talk about comedy, the jester was the guy that could make fun of the king without getting killed, right? He was the one person that could go point things Bingo. out. <clears throat> and I, you know, I think a lot about this because, and I, you probably heard me say this before, mobs to me. The, the act of people getting together and allowing their emotions to take over and, and get them to do crazy things, that is the scariest thing on earth. I've had a chance mm -hmm. to see that 
several times in my life and and uh there is nothing that you can do to stop a mob once it's formed and there's nothing you can do to contain whatever they're going to do into something you think uh is going to be good for you it's just like a fire once it gets out of control you don't control that thing and to me like being able to figure out how to to vibe people out of mob mentality sometimes that's getting them to laugh and break free from whatever they were thinking or getting them to come together and do some action. I don't know, but I I think about this more than I probably should. That is my greatest fear is is the mob, and I think social media has a way of. You're right; it, it doesn't bring them into to vibe, but because they're all clashing, the only thing that really bonds them together is their anger, and that that's that's mm-hmm. what I worry about the most. Yeah, absolutely. I hate to switch topics, guys, uh, but switch gears. Let's do it. Well, I was actually it, it, um, part of what you said. Uh, and I think it'd be interesting for all three of us. Uh, but I remember Quick Dick saying to you, and I can't remember. I can't remember if you've been on five times now or six, seven. It doesn't matter. It's but okay. I can't remember either. I was remembering, Vance, that there was a point where I was interviewing Quick. And, you know, he was coming on, I don't know, every three months, I would say, uh, when you first started out. And then maybe mm-hmm. every six. And it hit, like, episode four with him. And uh, we were talking about how you'd almost burned out. You you got to the point where, um, you know, uh, yeah, like every Monday was coming. And just kind of, and you're going through this kind of like, uh, and I could hear it. Him. I, I literally could mm-hmm. hear it in quick. He, there was no excitement. And I was like, oh, this is, you either had a long date, you're sick, or I'm missing something. And so we talked about it. And it was burnout. Mm-hmm. And I hear um, when you talk about Christmas uh, cue and taking and taking some time off, which I think I just took. This is the first time I've been in the studio in nine days. I was starting to have, with, uh, but I was starting to have withdrawals. I was like, I need to, I need, I, I need, to, I need to get back in an interview. Yeah, but that's that's a good thing. That's that's healthy. It's, that's a healthy withdrawal, right? But I was wondering, you know, Q's is uh, one of the busiest guys I know, or at least that's what it looks like. And if you're not, I, I tell you what, you do a good job of looking at uh, Vance. You're <laughs> doing you're doing a thousand things an hour as well. Um, have you either? Well, have either of you had moments where you've just thought about like, what the hell am I doing? Maybe I should just like not pack it in, but you know, take a step back almost. And I don't mean. Uh, a recharge moment, but if it was just a recharge moment for you, that's fine. Because uh, I think, um, you know, when I, I think of a lot of people who start out a podcast, because uh, I've been approached a lot about it. They're like, oh, how do you start a podcast? And I've always said, oh, it's really easy. You know, just put a phone down, start talking to it. You can release it now today. Like, I mean, you can literally release it to all platforms and probably 24 hours flat, maybe less. The tough part comes when you start to add consistency and now you have to constantly go through it week by week by week. And and I think that probably is why, uh, you know, putting or getting weight off or staying fit or, or whatever it is, uh, reading books. I've, I've had my struggles with, you know, you know, I love reading books, but I'll go through times where I'm just like, I just, I can't pick up. I can't be bothered to pick up a page. Anyways, I come all the way full back with both of you being as busy as you've been. Um, are there moments like that? Because I, like I say, with the podcast and people asking me about it, that's probably what I've heard the most. They've started and then they realize, holy shit, this is a lot of work and they fall off of it. You go first, Vance. You got kids, so. I mean, I the whole time I'm sitting there thinking like, I always feel like I don't have enough time to do the things that I really love. And that's like, that's the hardest thing for me. Like, 
I want to put more time into the podcast. I want to put more time into my business. I want to put more time into spending with my girls. I want the time I'm spending with my wife to be where I'm paying attention to her and not distracted. And I feel like right now the burnout is coming from trying to do all of these things and, uh, and not, not, it's not that I don't feel successful. I do feel successful. It's saying, how long can you keep this up? Cause I'm running pretty hard to keep up with it. And, you know, I'm excited about the doing an interview. I'm excited about doing these legacy interviews. Like, but there's times when you're like, oh, I just wish I could just do this, but I have all these other priorities I'm, I'm trying to reach too. So mm-hmm. how, so do you, do you, um, do you have something you do then to kind of like re kind of focus uh, or, or, or do you just drink lots of Red Bull? <laughs> To me, the most important day of my week is Thursday night. And it's because I have a steady group of dudes that I see. We have a pattern for how we get together. Mm-hmm. We, um, it's a very loose flowing thing. You, you got to get invited to come. You can't, it's not just anybody there. That to me is something that's sacrosanct. And that every Friday morning, if you want my most creative time, you want my most relaxed, my most able to do whatever, it's after Thursday night. We're going to come back to that because I find that very, very, very fascinating. Um, but I kind of want to hear what QuickTick has to say. That way, if there if there's uh, overlap, we can combine it. Mm. Q, have you uh, had? Yeah, so like I guess leading up, you kind of know my story. Well, both of you kind of know my story of kind of what led led me here is, is was it was overload from previous soil field career combined with a bunch of different things. And I guess, uh, yeah, I absolutely find times where I'm like, oh, like there's been times where I've had myself booked very thick. I see it coming in January and February here too, where I've got myself booked really thick with live shows and a lot of stuff. Uh, it, it's it's important for me to remember that when I'm doing it, I'm like, if if I'm not busy, I'm not happy either. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm a guy that that I I kind of run on adrenaline and I need things going. And I I've found that I need a little bit of chaos in my life to 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 keep me going. It's it's like the fruit of my life is chaos for some reason, right? But the other part of it too is there's even today I I had a little bit of time where I was going out. I was my deer blinds were still out and I had to go dig them out of snow and get them out of the ground and everything. I was like I have to get this done today because I had a seat that had to get reupholstered on my 1998 Indy 500 uh, that I finally got done and it's a fuel tank and get it back together. I'm going out and just like how can I never have time in a day kind of thing, you know? But I think I say that to myself at least once a day. All of us will. But at the end of the day, we're all responsible for our own time management and. Uh, I'm very fortunate with the platform that I've created because yeah, like, okay, I used to be like, well, I have to upload every Monday or I have to, I got to get on Twitter. I got to do this. I got to do that. You know, I, I just, you need to be able to be like, hold on a minute. Uh, the, what, what makes quick Dick who he is, is this life that he lives of farming and hunting and comedy and all this different stuff. So that's probably the most important thing that I need to focus on. Cause if you lose track or lose focus of, of what it is, that's the base of what you're doing. The rest of it isn't going to matter anyways. So I just found myself being like, well, so fucking what? I just go out and enjoy getting my deer blinds out. But if you let that take you over, I would have went out and I was in the middle of the bush in three feet of snow with my snowmobile stuck, but out there in the quiet enjoying it. And I just, I, I found myself in that situation. I keep finding myself in those situations, whether I'm in the tractor or whether I'm working with cattle and everything. I'm just like, I'm, I'm very happy where I'm at right now. 
And you, you just need to be able to, for a guy that uploads content to social media, the last thing I should be doing would be begging people not to be on social media. But you need to ditch it sometimes and just get out and, and be who you are, whether it's you guys with your families, whatever it is that makes you who you are. You stop, you push the eject button on the rest of this stuff. Obviously, we've all got jobs and careers and everything that are going to pay the bills that we need to do, but you need to be able to make time to be that person that you are that makes you who you are. And you need to, you can't just be in it and not enjoy it or realize that you're in it. You have to be in it and be like, this is my zone. This is my box. This is my happy space. I need to be where I'm at right now. And whether it's an hour, whether it's two hours, whether it's two days. Take it, be who you are. And I've found that that's the, the easiest way for me to recharge and get back at it. But what I've gone through previous to get me to this point, I've been able to identify when I'm hitting that boxes full point or I'm reaching a breaking point to be like, whoa, I know where I'm at right now. I've got to make this right. I know how to do it. I can get myself back in check and then I can go forward, right? So it, it's it's very important to, to be in tune with yourself or yourself. You guys have both got wives and kids. You need to be in tune with yourself and your partner and make sure that you can keep that balance to be like, hey, this is what keeps us who we are. And that needs to trump everything else because if you lose that base of that balance, so like or what Vance is saying, that frequency, like that would be a frequency that you both have with your partners, right? You, you need to keep that and keep that balance. That'll keep you right. And I mean, that's where, that's where my material and everything comes from is when I, when I'm balanced. Right. So. Yeah. When, when, uh, <clears throat> with, uh, I think what I, um, comes to mind is foundation. Uh, you, mm -hmm. like my family is the foundation. If I, if I, if I don't do what's good for Sean, they all suffer. And then on top of that, if I ever lose them, I'll really suffer. And if I mm -hmm. suffer, then everybody suffers that follows at least this uh, show, right? So uh, probably the purest moment, and, and I would say it was last night at 9 o'clock, we had a kid-friendly New Year's Eve party, okay? So imagine, nice. I don't know what it was, 10, 12 kids racing around, and we do a 9 o'clock ball drop. And parents love it, obvious reasons. Kids love it, obvious reasons. <laughs> and they were sitting there blowing their little horns for like 15 straight minutes, and uh, those that along with U7 hockey practice, when you have uh, 10, uh, 5, and 6-year-olds racing around the ice, crying, having to go to the bathroom, blah, 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 that's that's where life is. I mean, as much as I, I sit here and have fun, I, I get what, exactly what you're saying, Q. I mean, you're the hardest part, events, yeah. Well, when the hardest part is when you have kids, and I don't, maybe I'm the only dad that feels this way, but sometimes I'm like, I know I've got this time to be with my daughters and I'm really excited about it, but I really wish this daughter would sit the fuck down. For <laughs> <seconds>. <laughs> and like, let me do the thing that we need to do so that things aren't burning or, you know, being lit on fire or your sister isn't, you know, like that was the part about parenting that really caught me off guard. Cause you know, you hear everybody like, Oh, I love my kids. I want to be around them all the time. And I do. And I like, I really love my children. But sometimes you've done all this work to be there with them. And, and it's hard to have that Zen sort of thing you're talking about quick because you, it's, a, it's an act of will to make it happen because you're sitting there being like, I want to be enjoying this, but this little monster terrorist <laughs> is, has no interest in what I want here. Yeah, that's yeah. You you guys get kids, so obviously it's a it's a it's a different it's a different game for you guys, right? So yeah, for sure. The three year old right now, fan, you both get a kick out of this. The three year old was close to being potty trained, like I mean, like that close, and he's had full regress. Like I mean, it's it's like 
You peed the bed probably six nights in a row, and you're just like, you know, we're going to fight through it. We're going to fight through it. But it broke uh, over the weekend a couple days ago. He got in trouble and disappeared, which, you know, whatever. And then I'm like, oh, crap. I bet he went to his bedroom to poop in his pants. Right, I know. I, I know when he goes to school. You know what? I still do that when I get mad at my dad. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I walk. I walk into the bedroom and he's laid a log on the carpet. He just pooped right on the floor. Right? He's like he's like part dog. When I say it, I'm happy to be back in the studio, it's like I got a bunch of orangutans at home. He and pulled uh, an amber herd on. Oh Holy shit. <laughs> I tell you, uh, when Vance comes here in, in January, well, I mean, only in a couple weeks, uh, I look forward. He, you know, he's all worried about his, 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 his kids and, and how rambunctious they are. Let me tell you, you're both in for a shock because it is going to be an experience. You know, how did he get oh. up there? Like, holy crap, is he swinging from the chandelier? And did he just shit on the floor? Yes, he did. And he is part spider. You know, he just climbs. <laughs> Now I, I I want to go back to to Vance talking about your Thursday night men's group because we uh, I've talked a lot about the the book club we had in Lloyd and we still have sorry I shouldn't say uh, still have it and uh, I leaned on that support group a lot uh, it helped me start the podcast um, and then uh, you know a huge well four of the five I guess have have been on the podcast one of them sponsored the podcast right like it's just been a really strong group of guys that have really supported me. We started up in December a men's group. I don't know what to call it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna use kind of what Vance's words were. A Thursday, you said Thursday night men's group. We've started a similar thing on Mondays, where it's uh, invite only, and it's just you go and uh, talk about difficult things that are going on in your life or their life or whatever. And I found it to be almost therapeutic. I think is maybe the word. Uh, you talk about different frequencies and, 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 um, just getting on the same wavelength or whatever else, but having that place where you can say something really stupid, and I'm sure I have said some stupid things in there, but there's no judgment. It's just like, mm, you're wrestling with ideas that are complex. You're dealing with issues with, with certainly kids at different age groups, maybe spouses, you know, uh, actually I shouldn't even say spouses cause really that hasn't really come up that much. It's been more kids right now, at least or societal uh, issues. And that um, maybe bond with a group of guys, really interesting because I find that I look forward to Mondays now, like a lot. Like, I, And I didn't think I would. I'd be like, ah, oh, we can, you know, let's just meet once a month or whatever and now will be good. And then I got the taste of meeting weekly and I'm like, I really enjoy this. Like, I really, really enjoy this. Yeah, I mean, our Thursday nights are some of the most um, intellectually stimulating that I could imagine, right? You get around people that you respect and they have knowledge in areas that you don't know anything at all about. One of the guys that comes regularly is an architect. Another is a data scientist. Hmm. You know, then you've got guys that have other expertise and you, you know, kind of conduct a podcast. But if you've been seeing these guys over and over and over again, and they've explained to you stuff they really care about, stuff they're really interested in. And then they tell you what they've been working on. And then they tell you how far they've taken that. So, you know, you get to hear people doing inspiring things, realize like, oh, if that guy can do it, then I can do it. And it really just pushes you. We've been meeting together for almost 10 years now. 10 and, years? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's sacrosanct. And all of our spouses, everybody understands like, it's Thursday night. Like, I don't, I don't set business meetings like, 
virtually nothing gets in the way of Thursday night. How many? How many guys? How many? Mm-hmm. How many you guys are meeting? Well, it's uh, we've kind of figured out that four is the optimal number. Three is a little bit too small to to have like some good spinning. And then five, what ends up happening is people break into the group of three and the group of two. And so four is that like perfect number. And people have subbed in and out, but there's two of us that are have always been there. And then we've kind of kept the other two seats. Filled. In person? Always in person? Yeah, I think there was like uh, two or three weeks where we did some stuff during COVID when we like really didn't know what was going on. And we, uh, See, we met online. I'm, I'm wrestling with this idea that I think, um, I don't know, you guys tell me, maybe, I, maybe I'm out to launch. I think, um, uh, like, the family is the is the foundation of a community, and then you, healthy communities make up a healthy country. Something along that lines. I don't know if that's uh, the exact way, uh, you know, to make it sound so eloquent. And what we have is is communities aren't really healthy right now. They're not really functioning properly. People are really going against each other. But in fairness. Like, uh, we're wrestling with really complex things, and it's not that big of a deal to have a disagreement with somebody, to talk them out, to see for their perspective and, and everything else. And so I, this Monday idea with a group of guys is kind of like, I think the best way to protect a community and the people that I love is by bringing together people who want to have it out somewhat in a respectful manner, because it will only breed good things. But I don't want it to be just four people. I want it to be where any guy, and I mean, who knows, maybe any girl, I, I, don't, I don't know, can come be a part of it, challenge their beliefs so that your community can be healthier. Does that make any sense? I think the most, uh, I've, I've said this before uh, with you, Sean, on, on podcasts and live too, I think the most important thing that we'll ever do as a society or as a community or as neighbors is uh, is to have, uh, is to have, like disagreements with each other, uh, a difference in opinion and, and be able to uh, be able to talk it out with each other in a, in, in, in a somewhat respectful manner. It, it's what's really missing. It's uh, another thing that I have a real big problem with social media over is that uh, there's just, there's no way to have respectful conversations with anybody because it seems like the only goal of, of, of anybody nowadays is to, is to one up the other person and not only to try and prove them wrong, but to embarrass them by trying to prove them wrong. It seems like you're, you're trying to one up somebody by doing it. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm completely innocent of doing the same thing when you look at some of my YouTube productions and whatnot. But uh, like what I've really noticed over the last little while is that the, the most important thing that you'll ever do is, is, is to get yourself sat down in front of somebody face to face uh, you know that that you that you disagree with, and if if you can't find common ground with them, at least try and put yourself in their shoes and understand what it is that that they believe and why it is they believe it and where they might be coming from or or what form that opinion that they have. Uh, I, I think that's the only way that we'll go forward from where we're at right now as a society. And even this this is great to be here and do this you know on, online kind of thing. But what you're doing with with SMP presents with your live. Uh, conversations or even if you get somebody that's in studio with you uh, where you're sitting across the table from each other these are things that change uh, how you interact with people and that's why it it makes sense to me what you guys are saying about your Monday nights or your Thursday nights uh, that you're you're live in person with people and that's that's a that's an interaction that we're slowly losing as as a humankind is you are a different person when you are in front of another person and the words that you use they may have consequences 
whether they be emotionally, conversationally, physically with what you're doing, those are, those are conversations that are, that are so paramount to have nowadays. Uh, it's, I would say there's nothing more important with what you guys are saying about your nights that you do. They're great. And uh, I, I would more so rather do those kind of interactions with people that I have nothing in common with and completely disagree with because the last few of those interactions that I've had have ended dramatically positive. And uh, I, I think, I, I think that's if, if, if there's ever any way that we break out of where we're at as, as a divided society right now, those would be the tiny little stepping stones that we use to do it. Hmm. Well, you're a guy, uh, Q, who's, who's, who's found some of those outlets, right? Because of your ability to once again, use comedy to, to talk about really difficult subjects to allow you to go on to different shows that wouldn't lean so heavily to uh, yeah. where I sit. Right. And I don't even think I'm that extreme, but you get the point. You both know where I, no, sit I don't think you are either, Sean. Yeah. But um, you've been invited on to a lot of different platforms that a lot of people wouldn't have the time of day for. And I find that really interesting because, uh, yeah, well, I, you have an interesting perspective because we've had a lot of chats and uh, yeah. you've challenged a lot of even people that I would like to see you go on. Well, I, not that I don't want you to go on there, just like, oh, that must have been interesting, right? Like, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, to, to go on knowing that it's going to be Maybe a little uncomfortable, I guess, might be the word. Yeah. Well, like, a, yeah, like, uh, well, you know, I just, uh, like, I just jumped on a maxed out podcast with, with Max Fawcett. With Max of, Fawcett. Of, of, of all the people that you would think that I would not have a conversation with, uh, I've, I've honestly gone out of my way. And, like, I, I'm not just the guy that says empty things. Like, I, I've said this to you several times. Uh, it's important to me. To, to try and, and, and find some way, shape, or form of common ground with people that have a completely different opinion of you. And it was a reason, you know, it was a reason that I went on, on Jesperson. Uh, you know, not that Jesperson's a, a, a far left hack kind of thing, but I mean, he's got an audience that he needs to deliver his content to, right? Uh, we had a great interview. I think a lot of his fans weren't happy that he had me on. And that's fine. You know, uh, you're not always supposed to be comfortable listening to things, right? But with, I was shocked that max fawcett had reached out to me and i i think it was that conversation with jasperson because obviously he's been on jasperson kind of thing so he would have seen it and he would have been like well i want to test the waters too and i think that's slowly winning i mean max and i uh, actually you know agreed on a few things that that publicly on twitter whatever you're never going to have max uh, agree with me on kind of thing but when you get that face to face and i would have given anything to have been in calgary sitting across a desk from them because th these are conversations where you're being real people with each other. You know, we can do this because we all know who each other is and we're comfortable with each other and it's no problem. Right. But, uh, like when you get the, the person across me and all of a sudden you don't have somebody that's scrolling through their phone, uh, trying to cite different researches and graphs and all this different stuff. You're just talking about kind of what, you know, uh, it, it you're, you're talking with a different person. Than what you are on social media and uh, i'm looking forward to that coming out i'm i'm looking forward to seeing how how it gets edited or how it goes i think it's going to be a great conversation i went through the first two ones that he did and they were fine uh but I, i'm just looking forward to it, just to see what kind of a reaction it's going to get uh you know i never concede to anything that i don't believe in when i when i go into these conversations with people uh 
But that being said, I, I, I'm not closed off to having my mind changed or having me think about something differently in a critical manner. And I would just ask the same thing of the other person that's in that conversation, you know, uh, where uh, on this specific one, you know, as I, I exemplified to Max how I, I am penalized. Just if you take the farm out of everything, I'm penalized by the carbon tax living where I do in rural Saskatchewan. And what are the solutions going to be? And, 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 and he can answer that. Right. So like, and that coming into the conversation, all of a sudden we found ourselves in a, in a situation where we start finding common ground with each other. But all you need to do is just put those facts in front of each other and be like, well, like, what do you feel about this? I'm not trying to one up you. I'm not trying to disparage you. What would you do if you were in my situation? And we both asked each other that same question. And I had some different answers for him in, in the same light. So like having those conversations, asking each other those different questions, this, this, is, this is how we very, very slowly just start to, if not change things, at least fucking understand what the other person, where they're coming from, right? My issue is, I have invited on what I consider a lot of people from the other side. I, you know, mm -hmm. and and I get crickets. I, I get a lot of people that want nothing. Now, I might that's tough. that sucks. But I might argue with myself that it, maybe I try harder because you know I don't know about Vance. I don't know about Vance and Ben. Uh, uh, how you guys do with getting guests? And certainly, I, actually, I, I, I'm curious. Can we get Vance to answer that now? Yeah. I'm I'm curious to hear sure. this. You know, I'm not in the uh, current affairs as much as you are. I'm I'm much more on like evergreen concepts where I want to know from an OBGYN, like, hey, what does a person need to know about their wife about to have a baby? Or there's these education systems that sure. I'm trying to educate my kids. So I occasionally will find that's fair. But but like that being said, Vance, like you've done you've done biofuel ones, you've done nuclear ones, like like you've done some ones that are on kind of hot topics too. Sorry to interrupt you, but I just wanted to throw that uh, in. Okay, there. I guess that's fair enough. Like I think um I don't know. I people don't tell me no, but I think it's also because a lot of the <laughs> I know. Well, well aren't you a fucking problem. savior, yeah. right? <laughs> Well, I think like what I was saying is that I, I early on had some hardcore scientists on and treated them right. And those people told all their like people that might view the world differently than I do. And I almost never have a cold ask. So like, yeah. I, you know, I'll reach mm. out to a quick dick or, a, you know, Sean Newman or whatever. But like there, that's not, you know, it's typically like, hey, I saw this thing you did and I thought it was awesome. That's kind of already warm. And if it's somebody that I think like I will disagree with, it's almost never cold. It's almost always from, hey, I think you know this person. Can you help me meet mate them? That is mm. that's a brilliant idea though. Uh because I always ask cold. I have a I have a I don't know, guys, it might be like something I just need to get over, but I uh I don't like forcing not forcing, but like getting somebody to ask somebody i'd rather go cut out the not the middleman but not have to like what's the word middle people call? kind yeah i <laughs> i don't i just i don't want to have to put somebody in a spot where they're like ah you know like i normally yeah. don't do this so i try i've really tried hard to uh you know instead of getting quick dick to reach out to vance i out to vance and mm -hmm. I hope what I, my product that I've been doing and who I've been and how I present myself in an introduction and all that um, catches someone's eye and they go, oh, this is interesting. 
in saying that, what you just said, Vance, it might be, you might be bang on on there. When it comes to somebody who doesn't agree with me, even though I'm, I'm going to allow them to speak their mind, and I think, you know, like anyone who listens to this podcast, at, at some point they've had somebody on here that they disagreed with 150 million percent. And yeah, that's yeah, healthy. That's good. Well, and, and it, and, <laughs> but, it, but it allows, uh, I try and give everybody airtime to, to say their thoughts. Uh, I try. Um, but when it comes to the other side, maybe I should be asking people to help with that a bit more because that is the trust they need to come on. No, Sean will be fair to you. Come on his show. Yeah, but he had, you know, because, uh, you know, Rachel Gilmore on, on Twitter, uh, it, her and uh, Jeremy McKenzie went at each other. And I had Jeremy McKenzie on, and, of course, Jeremy has said some things and then to jail and everything else. But I reached out to Rachel, like, immediately and said, hey, I'm, I'm bringing Jeremy on. I'd love if I could have you on and you could tell your side. And, and just, like, you can't be as awful a human being as everybody tries to paint you on social media, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'd really like to yeah. have you on. I think out west here, people uh, would be interested to hear what she said, and she would not respond. And I'm like, That's I'm too bad. But in saying that, if there was a way to facilitate somebody talking to her who could vote for me because she would feel maybe a little threatened that I'm going to, you know, she's going to come on and I'm going to rip her a new one or something, maybe that's not yeah. a bad idea, Vance. That's, I actually really like that. I mean, having somebody vouch for you and say, like, and that's what they're doing, and, and I can understand not wanting to impose, gosh, I, I hope I haven't, but, you know, as I'm hearing you talk, I, I actually was asking myself a question, like, who is somebody that I'm actually afraid to ask? And if I ask myself that question and I listen really carefully to that like quiet voice in the back of my mind, because at first I'm like, nobody, I'll talk to any on anybody's side. But I actually think one of the biggest cultural conflicts that's going to come in the future is between generations. And I'm finding that even though I'm 40, talking to somebody that's like 15, 16, 17, uh, maybe even a little older, 22, 24, because I, I hear their problems. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't know. It's not, it's not that, you know, like, or like, you know, have you turned into your dad Vance? Is that what's yeah. happening? <laughs> well, and, and I think there's a whole bunch of people that are that like, there was just an article in the Washington post today um, that uh, was all about um, how this latest generation, Gen Z, you know, they have anxiety, they have all these problems, they want somebody to come in and solve their problems for them. And I started thinking, like, I can't imagine anyone from Gen Z would describe themselves that way, right? That's the way that, that old people describe young people. But I think the reason they do is because if a kid wanted to tell me what they really cared about, let's say anime, or they were talking about, like, um, different Minecraft games or, or places they go on the internet that I don't know anything about, I would definitely discount it and not actually be able to speak their language. I'm not saying like, hey, young whippersnapper, come tell me what's up. But like actually knowing and being able to carry on a conversation about people that they know about and they care about, I think it'd be really hard. I think I would be intimidated by that. I know I, I, I know exactly who I was in. Uh, when you said that, the first reaction I had is, oh, I'm not afraid to fucking ask anyone too. And then I, I, I have to backtrack on that. Because uh, both of you know my stance over the last two years. And um, I had been pushed by a lot of people to go out and interview different doctors who were pro-vaccination. And mm -hmm. um, I had one coming on, and he no-showed. And I would say if it had been either of you or 
a list of hundreds of people have come on. I've been no-showed before, and I've always been like pretty gracious about it. Like, nah, life happens. And, you know, honestly, it probably wasn't meant to happen today. Our conversation will be better the next day. That's how I pretty much approach everyone except for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, after they no-showed me, I was very like, well, fuck you then. And uh, when I think about it, I was in, I was probably uh, what terrified me about those conversations and still do is it felt like a prize match. Uh, I had Dr. Governor on, who was from Lloyd, and he was, you know, uh, pro-vaccination at the time. I don't know now, but we were, we were having this very, I felt like I was, uh, if you would, fighting Mike Tyson or something, you know, like, or at least that's what I built him up to be, even though he's just nice. So you were getting ready to bite his ear. That's right. And okay. I walked yeah. in and, and people wanted me to swing at his head and knock him out. And that has mm-hmm. never been who Sean Newman is. Sean Newman wants, to, been, wants yeah. to bring on people to say things. And, and, you know, and certainly can have, uh, um, conflict, you know, I, I think, uh, lightly having conflict, uh, about certain things, um, is, is healthy. But mm-hmm. I know when, when you talk about the inner voice of who you didn't want to talk to Vance in the last two years, I got to a point where I was, I didn't want to talk to the other side anymore. I was, I was done. And I, honestly, there's some things going on in our country right now that I am done with. Um, but in saying that, uh, by actively not talking to people, that is probably about as unhealthy as it gets. Yeah, I I guess if I could jump in here quick, when you like to go back to the Rachel Gilmore thing, uh, I'm very fortunate and I'm I'm confident going on uh, on these different shows that I, that I agree to go on and talk to anybody. Because to be perfectly honest, I'll talk with anybody, whether their goal is to publicly disparage me uh, or or whatever it is. I uh, I I'm I'm confident. Um, uh, I, I don't rely on quick dick for a living and all I've ever been since I started doing what I'm doing is I'm just, I'm just being who I am and I am who I am. I'm fine to be corrected on something that I've got wrong. Uh, I'm open to listen to other people's opinion. Uh, and I really kind of, I mean, not to disrespect anybody. I, I kind of don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about me. You know what I mean? I'm just me. And if you don't like it, I, that's okay. I'll still drink a beer with you kind of thing. I'm just a, a friendly kind of guy. But when you look at a person like, uh, like, like Rachel Gilmore, I mean, their so-called social media personas is how they make their living and how they've got to where they are. And I think that's a, that's a very dangerous thing when you get to a point where if you're discredited too much on something, maybe that you know somebody can prove you wrong on something you've done, or maybe you can't back up your facts being live or doing something uh, on the spot, it puts them in a dangerous situation where all of a sudden their livelihood is is compromised kind of thing. I'm not in that situation. A lot of people aren't, but a lot of people are. And uh, I, I think that's a dangerous thing in society. You, you shouldn't be backing something that maybe you don't 100% believe in or that you can't be comfortable with being wrong in uh, and just blindly backing it to a point because you're just doing it because that's what your livelihood depends on. It, it, it should never be that way. You should just be okay with who you are doing your thing and be able to go forward with it. But I think that's a big problem with what we have with a lot of media that we see when uh, the interview with Rosemary Barton with uh, Justin Trudeau, I, I still want to get to the bottom of what went on there because is that CBC to the point where they've been so discredited that they're like, hey, they sat down with Trudeau before the interview and they were just like, here's what we're going to do. Everybody knows that you pay us 1.6 billion fucking dollars a year. Uh, so we're going to make it look like you don't for this interview. And I'm going to throw some heat at you. Okay. And Trudeau would be like, yeah, that's fine. 
and then they just go at it kind of thing. When you see stuff like that, you're like, well, there's no way this is real because <laughs> like, it should never be. Rosemary Barton has never fired at the prime minister like that ever before. Well, why? Is, is, it, is it because she's legit pissed or has some good points of what we're going on? Or is it just because this is a ploy to just make it look like the CBC is not in the liberal caucus's pocket? Like that, That's where you start questioning things. When I hear that Rachel Gilmore won't go on different things, I'm just like, well, does... Does that mean she's that fake that she can't go on and do it? Or is she self-conscious? Is she worried about her livelihood? They're two very different things. If you have one person that's worried about their livelihood or how they're going to pay their bills, I guess I don't blame her, you know? But you, you, certain, you just said certain, something that... Oh, go ahead. No, go, Vance. Yeah. You said something that like just um, broke my brain. So um, maybe about a year and a half ago... There was a woman uh, from Harvard that came out with a couple of other professors and said, homeschooling is the way that they are indoctrinating children with like these right wing extremist views. And this, I don't know if you guys saw this article, but it like went through American ag, like uh, social media, like wildfire, because there's a lot of people back here that homeschool. And so I wrote this woman because all these other people were mad. They were doing the Facebook thing of like, I want the author to know this, like writing fake letters to them that these people never saw. They're up in their ivory yeah. tower. So I got on uh, Harvard and found their registry and found a way to write this woman and wrote her an email. And uh, we had like an initial back and forth. And I think when she realized like, I, I certainly am not homeschooling my children and I... But like I was going to represent this other way of thinking. She shut it mm -hmm. down completely. Like it was like, no, no, thank you. I'm not going to connect you with any other authors. You know, this is all over. It had never dawned on me that she put that out there. And then when she got actual resistance, that she was um, afraid for her livelihood. I just thought it was mm -hmm. like, nah, I'm not going to talk to this little like little guy. I never thought about the fact that like, it's entirely possible that she was intimidated by that. And I was really bitter and resentful. Um, and, and like even saying it out loud makes me surprised uh, that, I, that I didn't realize this. Yeah, I, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's just the way I've, I've tried to look at things. I mean, Sean, obviously, we, we talked about it earlier here in this podcast where I kind of had a turning point of how I look at things. Uh, and I don't know. That's just been one thing that I've picked off. The Rachel Gilmore thing was obviously one thing that I looked at, but it's not just an isolated incident. There's a lot of them out there, you know, where uh, this is this is just it. This is how people make their living. And uh, like, you know, if you ever were discredited or it didn't work for you, I mean, that that fear should never get in the way of of the truth. You know, it it, it never should, but it does. Could, could we see? Um... <clears throat> And, and certainly I wasn't around 100 years ago, so bear with me here. Could we see a bit of a revival then of uh, people who get, um, people who are confident enough to stand in their boots and go on different shows and everything else? You know, one of the ladies that I've, I've spoken highly about, and I mentioned it the, when we were on stage, uh, Q, was Rupa Subramania. If you follow her, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, she's, she's fantastic. Yeah, she and she's gone on a ton of shows where they they combat each other, and but she's yeah. you know this this nice lady who who's got her wits about her essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and don't get me wrong, like I'm not, like I don't agree with everything she writes or everything she says. No, but, but you I mean, don't have to. She's very honest with what she does, and that's good. And and she's open open <clears throat> to being criticized, and I would say Absolutely. being back and forth. Anyways, yeah. um, is there a possibility we could be seeing 
a rebirth of of like I'm pretty I'm pretty open to do, talking about anyone. Uh, you know, certainly I had my stint uh, <laughs> in the dark days of not wanting to talk to certain people, but. You know, like, I'm not afraid that my name's attached to anything anymore, right? Like, I bring people on um, to hear them out, to let them share their story. That's the whole point. That's the whole point of uh, journalism, not to try and gotcha and and headline and, and carry on. But when you say people are fearful for their livelihoods, at one point in time, didn't we have journalists that went and did what was... I don't know. I, I'm, I'm afraid to say truthful um, or no, right, the, but but let, that kind of let, let me help you finish it. Yeah, you're you're going down the line. You just you just went and objectively reported what's happening, and that's why I I think uh, I, I think w whether you're you're probably in the no Vance of, of like uh, mining Ottawa, and like you've had Tom Korski on a couple times. I've got a lot of respect for Tom Korski and Holly Holly Don. They 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 do a great job of objectively reporting. Because if you go back far enough, they actually they've done the same objective reporting on a conservative uh, party yeah. as well. You know what I mean? It's just they they monitor who's in government and what's happening. Right? Uh, I I really hope that's where we go. But I mean, uh, this is man, this is so crazy how this has kind of come to fruition here in the last little while. But two years ago, I sat in this very basement where i'm at with a family member of mine who was maybe concerned about where i was headed with the direction of my channel and what i was doing and uh and, and i told him i was like you know I've, I've i've got a plan of where i want this to be and what i want this to do and maybe if that day ever comes you, you might be proud of me and if not and if you hate it and, and you still don't agree with it that's fine too you know and uh i i feel like i'm slowly getting there but this stuff this stuff takes time you know, and it, it takes a long time. And I think the, the biggest challenge that we're going to go through, uh, you know, as, as humanity trying to navigate, uh, you know, our divides and, and social media and what the world is, is turning into, we as, we as humans need to evolve with all the stuff as fast as it happens. And right now, technology and social media and how it influences it is it's, it's evolving faster than we are able to adapt with it as people, you know. And I think uh, I think we're going to see a very slow change. But if we can if we can keep that change happening, eventually the the social media phenomena is is going to hit a max where this is it can only influence you so much. And then if the if the conscientious uh, you know goal of of humankind kind of catches up with that, it's just like hey, you know, we can we can still talk with each other as people. I think we we might be able to circumnavigate it a little bit, whether, whether I'm just thinking philosophically now or, or just having some kind of a dream, I don't know, but uh, that's really where I see things going, you know, and, uh, I, uh, I'm I just disagree. Go ahead, I, I, so, I yeah, think go. I, this is like, um, I read a book called trust me, I'm lying where it was like the history of journalism. It was by Ryan holiday, the guy that writes the daily stoic. And he wrote that, uh, tell all book about Peter Thiel and Hulk Hogan suing, whatever magazine. Anyway, the, the book itself, trust me, I'm lying, was about like the funding model of newspapers um, and magazines and how it all began. And I genuinely think there are people that when they set out and they were in journalism school or they wanted to go out there, they wanted to report the news with these objective principles, but that the funding model that was maybe there for a few years when subscriptions really we're trying to get the the middle of the bell curve so we didn't want to be too far left and we didn't want to be too far right and that the journalism thing like has never actually been a pure thing and it's been a fiction that we've been fed our whole lives and so i don't want to i don't want to like 
come come down and say I, like oh, it's not positive that people could come do forward. it man <laughs> but i de- i actually think like it's it's just not the way that we understand information it's not the way we understand the world in fact i think we don't have any idea what to think about individual events that go on in the world we listen to news commentators to tell us okay these events have happened now which ones were red and which ones were you know blue or green or orange or whatever that is because i'm on this team and i need to know how do these events map to my group of people and most of the things that we have really strong feelings about we don't even understand even the slightest beginning of it we were just told what we should think about it and almost Mm -hmm. none of us are immune to it would you say would you be able to draw that same parallel events (laughs) uh it in into politics let's say let's say there are there are journalists i i guess you basically you just did but like to to narrow down a little more there are journalists that get into journalism that that go into it being like hey i I really want to make the difference here and i want to objectively report the news but once you get into it 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 gets back to the same thing of uh I, i don't think journalists or politicians should be able to vote because you're you're biased immediately to your side kind of thing right but I honestly think, and Sean and I have had this conversation before, where uh, like I honestly believe that there are politicians that get into politics that want to go in to, to make a change, to make a difference, to make the world better. And once you get into it and you're immersed in it within the first couple of years, you realize that it's this huge, huge system that you're just never going to be able to change. And so instead of either getting out of it or some people get out of it, or you you just are submissive to it, and you're just like, you know what? I guess I'll just sit down and take my paycheck and uh, say that I'm for all this stuff. But I mean, I'm just here for the pension, and then I leave. Do you feel like it's the same thing? I think systems are so powerful that they ratchet down, you know, some of the strongest, you know, minded people because they play to your every instincts, and and people can get away from it. Sean, you did, you know, quick dick. You're finding ways to diversify your life and you know, break away from it. And maybe a modern age does let us get away from the system, but the system is so powerful that you Mm -hmm. have to consciously make every decision in your life orient towards that. And, and even, (coughs) even that, even trying to make your every decision be oriented away from the machine telling you what to think means you've already been consumed by it. It's, It's a very difficult needle yeah I, i'm not being very yeah I, tonight, I don't no but i but i agree like i mean even in now like i, I kind of go oh man this goes off into quite a different trajectory here but like uh, even even our finances as humans keep us keep us connected and committed to the system kind of thing or whatever right which is uh which is really going to be neat about this round table on the on the 22nd because uh, when you, when you look at our financial system works, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, you can take all your money out of the bank. You can do all the stuff and, and try and be, you know, financially out of the big wheel of, of what you want to call it. But I mean, you still need a driver's license to be able to compete legally in society and, you know, have a social insurance number and blah, 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 blah. Right. Uh, no matter how much you want to be able to break free and be your own person, you're always going to be a, a part of a cog in the, in the big wheel of what is government or what is social media or media that that controls the world it's it's something that's uh, an impossible thing to escape you know well that is why sean inviting uh steve barber is absolutely blowingly yeah. good this is like <laughs> i cannot tell you how fucking crazy excited i am to meet this guy if there was one person that on thursday night their name has been brought up the most consistently it is steve barber because years ago, a guest that you had on the podcast, Rob Long, told me, you know, one day somebody's going to figure out 
how to capture all that energy from flared gas. And they're going to be able to put that onto a pump and turn it into Bitcoin. And that is going to be when we have digitized conservation, we've digitized energy, and whoever is living in those oil fields up in Canada is just, it's going to be unbelievably like world changing. And what do you know if fucking your buddy, Steve Barber, a, a, a sponsor of your podcast is does this and we're going to get to meet him. I'm going to get to meet him at this event. I cannot tell you how excited I am. Because this is a guy that looked at the world and said, the system isn't working. Now there's this new thing, Bitcoin. Not only am I going to learn enough to figure out how it can improve my life, but I'm going to go out and build things and build a business around allowing this to proliferate. I, I don't think your neck of the woods could possibly understand that you have a national treasure there for whatever nation ends up coming up as, as a result of the changes going on in the world to things like Bitcoin. Are we going to let Sean talk now? <laughs> we kind of been stomping all over here lately no no it's good uh, it's funny um you know uh worked with the western standard for two and a half months right did nine shows with them and uh i it was a mutual party uh you know we i just i i wanted to remain sean essentially that, that, that's what i would mm -hmm. say western was uh, i still love what they do right um but one of their critiques of me was I'd have a round table and I had one where I didn't talk for probably 40 minutes straight. I just, I was the Terminator. I just, I just sat and listened. And, um, one of, uh, you know, one day I hope I'll be like 50 and I'll be a little more assertive when we get into uh, things, but I feel like I'm trying to learn all the time. Like I'm listening to you too. And I'm like, ah, I respect both of you. I'm like, this is an interesting little conversation. I'm the eternal optimist. And what is the eternal optimist got me? I don't know. I look at, I wonder how much disruptors play into everything you're talking about. Um, you know, when it comes to media, when it comes to politics, when it comes to whatever, look at what Daniel Smith, and I'm going to use Daniel Smith as, as the one, look at through a series of events, she goes from, you know, media personality, kind of political commentator to the premier of a province. Oh, in the course of like four months and has completely disrupted uh, Canadian politics to where the West, Saskatchewan, uh, Alberta, are really finding some teeth in, in Canada. Now, she's got to get elected again, but if she does, the West is going to have teeth here for four, uh, four more years. Where and, and, you know, that was something that um, if you'd done the traditional way of politics would not have probably been possible. Because I agree with everything you guys just said. But here was an outsider who didn't carry some of the baggage of lockdowns and everything else. Walks in, apologizes, and says we're going to do these things. And has she done everything beautifully? No, I'm sure there's some things that people out there are upset about. But if you listen to her talk, it's been really, really interesting. And I wonder if media isn't something similar. You know, you talk about the podcast is one thing. Um, but there's others on the rise that weren't you couldn't have planned for. They're not going through uh, the the corporation to get up to you know the host of the evening news. They're not doing that. I'm not. Are doing you talking that. about Andrew Tate now, Sean? Nah, I'm not talking. <laughs> I'm not talking about Andrew Tate. We can. I, I just I, I don't know. I I look at it and I go, uh, what? I, why know, why did Andrew Tate come into the conversation? Well, because he came up out of nowhere, right? And the the establishment clearly didn't want him, and like he exploded became the most you know googled name on on earth like that was 
I don't, it doesn't seem like he was a part of the corporate establishment. Maybe it can be done. Well, and then, uh, Andrew Tate, something. Andrew Tate just got arrested too as well. Yes. He got yeah. arrested. Oh yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. They raided him like, because they said he did like sex trafficking, which who knows? I don't know how I made all that money. Maybe he's like a horrible, you know, but whatever he did, he figured out how to hijack the matrix for at least a little while to pay attention to it. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. That's the eternal optimist in me. That's that's. I watch Joe Rogan, right? I I'm, obviously you two know I'm a big fan of what he does. I mean, literally, uh, I just put out a post uh, today that you know I finally found it after in 2019. I listened to an episode of his. It was not a great episode. I'm not going to sit here. It was Annie Jacobson. She was talking about. Uh, she'd written a book uh, about the the CIA and Project Paperclip, I believe, and. It wasn't that fascinating of an interview. And I remember being pretty critical of Joe Rogan uh, because he hadn't read her book or something. And anyways, but he had this three minute and now it's a three minute clip and now it's on my wall. Uh, That's exactly. And I found it uh, literally like over the holidays. Somehow I stumbled. I'm like, oh my God, that's the woman. What episode was that? And then I I listened to it. There it is. So I clipped it out. Anyways. And I'm like, here's Joe Rogan who's inspired me to do what I'm doing. And I just believe in that side of humanity, that that good part of us, and I, I mean, I'm, I sound hopey dopey I, I know. I just, to me, if we ever lose that, I think we're really doomed. And I think certainly there's the establishment way of getting to the top, but there's becoming more and more independent ways through, uh, in, uh, through the internet that allow you not to have the baggage to get to the top. Does that make sense? Mm. I, I'd say... Uh- like specific to your to your comments on Danielle Smith, I mean, obviously she's been on your podcast a few times. Uh, uh, first off, I I I get. Uh, I think you were saying that you've been having a hard time getting her back on, which I mean, obviously we, we should understand, right? Because when a we, we should we, sh- province, we should understand. Yes, you're you're going to be busy. But that being said, uh, I think that's a big thing, and I think that's a big thing that uh, like I'd be able to draw a parallel to in Saskatchewan here. Sorry, Vance. Now we're going to start talking Canadian provincial <laughs> politics here a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, even even with Scott Moe, uh, you know, like uh, you can't get too comfortable. And even with uh, with with Premier Smith being as new as she is, you can't be too comfortable all of a sudden being like, you know, sh- you know, Sean, I know I was on your podcast lots or whatever. But I mean, I'm very confident in my voter base of, of your podcast or whatever. And I need to focus on Calgary now, whether that's one of her uh, one of her uh, associates or assistants that are looking after that for her, obviously would be one of her comms people kind of thing. It's perfectly fine. Uh, that's what happens when you get to be that busy of a person. But the worst thing a politician will ever do is is uh, is kind of start abandoning their base a little bit. I think it's it's a dangerous thing. And I mean, there's there's no danger whatsoever in Saskatchewan, even for our provincial premier to do that right now. For the simple fact that I mean, he's you know he's over sixty five percent of the province supports the SAS party, and I think he's at fifty six percent approval rating in Saskatchewan, which is really well really good right now too. But uh, I even find myself in some situations where I'm starting to get a little bit pissed with some of the stuff that he does, you know. And uh, I think that's important as uh, you know, as 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 a voter who has voted for the for the current party that's that's governing our province. It's important for you to be very critical of them, just as critical as you are as the opposition kind of thing, right? But when it comes to Daniel Smith and and you saying you know she was kind of doing political commentary and this and that, like we can't forget that that she spent a lot of time in politics previous yeah. to her media persona kind of thing. So I think she was in a strategic point where she understands politics very well and knows how to play them very well, right? Uh, she's definitely upset the apple cart with a few things. 
uh, has said a few things that have even caught me of just being like, I, I'm sorry, what the fuck did you just say? Kind of thing. You know what I mean? I think parts of that are good because it, it gets people thinking and on their toes, but parts of that are really bad because that's a, that's a dangerous thing as a politician to, to just have a, a population that would be your base and then say a few things and being like, uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, but what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> you know sure, what I mean? Like, Sure. I, I would agree with you, but I, I, I think politicians in general don't say shit anymore it is fucking mm. frustrating and, and, they come absolutely. on absolutely and they i say what totally they're, gonna, they're gonna say and then they walk away and they pat themselves on the back and and you're sitting there as a voter base going like what the hell did you just talk about one of the you've, like you've just Daniel come out Smith. and made a completely neutral uh comment kind Correct. of thing and let's you're offend like, well, nobody that, we're just right? gonna stay yeah. right in the middle and and people just want you to talk and one of the things that danielle smith has done exceptionally well She's talked about the really, really difficult things. And has she gotten yeah. it right every time? No. But then she's willing no. to talk about that. Yeah. And she's yeah. willing to be like, oops, I got that wrong. Or this is what I meant. You know, actually, this is what I was trying to say. And social media is a funny little, you know, animal because what they'll really do is, is it, no different than what a lot of things will do. They'll clip it. And that's what they'll play over and over again. And they'll never show the full conversation. It's one of the beautiful yeah. things I think about a podcast is you can say what is on your mind. Talk about it get asked about it and oh no this is what i meant and then people can come on and listen to it. it it's it's one of the things that i love about this platform is when somebody gets framed as the worst human being on the planet i think of alan iverson back uh uh back in basketball vance i, I don't know you're you're not iverson. I knew alan okay iverson. <laughs> well you remember he had the the uh, we talk about practice and and that was the clip they had and if you watch the documentary on it he sits there for like six minutes talking about things and the reporters won't let it go. And as soon as they get their answer, they clip it. That becomes yeah. the headline. He's the most evil human being on the planet at the time. And when you go and watch it, you're like, man, I feel for that guy. Um, and, and anyways, I go back to politicians. So what they do is they stay in the lines. They say fucking nothing. And it's it's awful. It, it, there's nothing there. You want you want people to talk. People, like, people opening up and talking their thoughts out but having the ability to understand that maybe they aren't going to get it right 100% of the times, listening yeah. to new people, explaining things, allowing to talk. I don't know. I'm really for that. Yeah, and I think that's one thing that's been really, uh, really disheartening to watch the media do with Danielle Smith is to go back, you know, like four years or whatever it was on a, on a fucking podcast that she was doing on, uh, on her own, on her own page, not associated with social media and be like, Oh, well look what she said here. Holy fuck. Was she premier Alberta then? No, she wasn't. Would she say that right now? No, she wouldn't. Can we let it go next step here? Right. That's where things do get pretty frustrating with that whole thing. Uh, and, and you're absolutely right. Yeah. This, uh, a lot of people, I, it's one of the, changes i'll probably make to social media when i get back on social media after my break here which i don't know when that's going to end here yet but we'll see uh because i'm really enjoying being off of it it's great but uh like people will tag me in reels and videos and all the stuff and i just i have no time no space for it I, it drives me crazy quick dick did you see this and like it's to the point where i don't even look at them i just delete them now delete delete, delete. i just don't want to see it right but i I know that I'm getting sent a tiny little clip of something that somebody said. And if you can't give me the entire conversation so I can see what the context was of what they were talking about it, when they were talking about it, I don't want to hear it. And like, that's, that's another dangerous thing about social media is you can just take one tiny little clip out of something that somebody says and, and put it down there and you're going to try and vilify that person off. But 
That's well, not quite the right thing. And those do. tiny little clips are so much easier to create now and share than they ever <laughs> totally were are, man. Yeah. It used to be the only people that could do that was the six o'clock news or the whatever. They, they had like a, an editing truck and they could do it really fast. Now, you know, I've got like a 13 year old that does my uh, YouTube clips. And he can like shit. I thought you were just people. saying you had like a thirteen-year-old kid. I was like Vance. I feel like yeah. I've missed a chapter of your life here, man. <laughs> yeah. And and like the but you all he does is like take what my guest was saying and cut it all the way down to like what was the good part. Well, imagine if you had somebody nefarious, you just cut down to what all the yeah. bad part is. We've made that so possible that yeah, kind of like we said in the beginning, social media makes it so nobody's ever going to yeah. be able to. Have beyond the same frequency. Lots of people do that. Even like like Sean, you're uh, like with Jordan Peterson. You're a big Jordan Jordan Peterson fan or whatever. And you see a lot of his Instagram reels and a lot of his stuff where it's like it's a lot of cut, 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 quick to the quick little quip here, quip yep. there kind of thing. But that's what keeps traction on social media going too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's a healthy balance, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. for so many people, they don't have, or it's not that they don't have, they just. It doesn't entice them maybe as much to sit and listen to us two yahoos or us three yahoos, sorry, uh, talk for an hour and a half or two hours or whatever it turns out to be. They'd rather just, you know, oh, here's here's the little snippet. This is what, you know, was maybe the, in, for most people the best part, if you would. And for them, that's all they need. Oh, okay. Yep. Sounds good. Like, carry on, right? Like, give me the cliff notes. Uh, mm -hmm. When it comes to Jordan Peterson, uh, I think Joe Rogan said a bet, like, he needs to do long form. Because when he does really yeah. short things, and obviously his team is clipping out the best, but when he does really <laughs> short form things where they get to clip it out, they've made him look like he's fucking insane. And yet when you yeah. talk to him, or talk to him, like I've talked to him, hey, universe, once again, Jordan Peterson 2023 would be really nice. Either way, um, when you... Uh, have you been you... in touch with any of his team? Have you have you broke through? Oh my God. This saga, you know... Uh, <laughs> Keith Morrison. Sorry, I had to ask. <laughs> Keith Morrison took me, I think, six months. That's uh, the guy from Dateline, right, with the deep voice. And, yeah. and anyways, he had ties to Lloyd Minster of all places. It was super cool. Oh shit! But it, it took six months. But I've always said this: as long as you can get an email back, you can start a conversation, and you can you can start like a you know like a, okay, well, just give me the direction, and at least I know I'm on the right road and whatever else. The probably most frustrating thing about Jordan Peterson is I've sent. <sighs> ridiculous amount of emails ridiculous haven't had one response just say thanks mm -hmm. just even say thanks for your your email we'll think about it or whatever his team would say and i assume he's getting millions of emails i have no freaking clue yeah. haven't had a single response not a single one and i've gotten to where i've had a guy say i can get you the email to at least the gatekeeper and they're going to decide whether or not an email goes through and I'm like, okay, well, I mean, shit, that's at least closer than I've ever got. No response. And it's just like, I hope, fellas, I really hope someday I'm never in that position. And in saying all that, I have no idea what that position is because I have no idea how much mail that guy gets. But yeah, it's, it sucks. That I've, I've tried, and, you know, and I, I lean back on my Keith Morrison story. It took six months of emailing and being like, nope, very understanding. I realize I'm a nobody yeah. and carry on. And and finally, I got a half an hour with him, which was super cool. And and I remember being like, okay, I got a half an hour with you. And Keith was like, I don't know, is that I I, no, I got all the time. And I was like, ah, shit, right? Well, uh, now nah, it's <laughs> half an hour, right? Super cool. But no, Jordan Peterson. And I know Vance has his own story about Jordan that uh, you know I I think a lot of the listeners earlier on thought was you know like wow, because uh, shit, was, I haven't heard it. Oh no, really? uh, I don't. 
I don't want you to redo it if all no, 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 no. I mean, I, 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 um, I knew about him like way early on, and so I invited him. The American Farm Bureau came to me, the new president. He's like, "Look, man, I want to make it um, exciting at the American Farm Bureau," and I was like, "Really?" Like he was like, "Yeah, I want to push the envelope." <laughs> I'm like, "You want to push the envelope?" And in the meantime, and the people at Monsanto won't tell you this, but um, I, they, I had been sending senior executives videos of Jordan Peterson and them being like, yeah, this is awesome. Send me more of this. Like, we're talking like the people that ride in the private jets, right? Like the, those right, guys yeah. were fully on board with Jordan Peterson. So was the American Farm Bureau president, Zippy Duval, because I was like, this will really be edgy. This will be fun. Now, this is before he went on Kathy Newman. And uh, I'll probably talk about this at the at the at the event on the twenty second. But um, let's just okay. Well, we don't give just, too much of it away then. But we should suffice to say that he came and uh, like I'm imagining he's going to talk to parents about what's going on when you send your kids away to college and they come back and they either hate your farm and hate everything that you're doing, or they've been completely isolated away from the other students. They're told they're bad. The farming is bad. So that's what I told him. And up there, he starts writing all these capital woke words like diversity and inclusion is our strength equals like the devil. And I'm like, oh, oh, God, oh, no, because these are all things that Monsanto supports. Right. So <laughs> so a lot like it, it went like boom, and it blew up and so yeah, I, I thought I was gonna lose my job. Like it was. It was That's fantastic. Uh, because he didn't. It wasn't your like the long form is what you need for Jordan Peterson. Because if you just clipped out the thirty or so seconds where he's t totally dismantling all the corporate woke uh, slogans that Monsanto had, it was, <laughs> it was utterly. <laughs> well, you can understand why so many people hate him because it would. It's super easy. Uh, yeah. an another guy that you, that a ton of people here in Canada hate is Jeremy McKenzie. That is an easy guy to get take like ten seconds out of any video he has, and people fucking hate him. And yet he is one of the smartest guys balanced that I've talked to on the podcast. Um, and I, I I don't know. I'm not giving him a clean bill of like he's done nothing wrong. Just when you talk to him, you're like, wow, there's a lot more depth than what you put on in a show. That is a hundred and ten percent. Yeah. Um, like, like I, 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 I go ahead, Vance. Sorry. Well, you're you're a different character in this whole world, but I think there are a lot of people that the reason that they are well known is because they're willing to be hated. And I mean, like, you yeah. could get a lot of your views heard a lot more if you were willing to be like, you know, half the people that aren't going to listen to forty five seconds instead of just the fifteen seconds, they're going to hate me. But I don't care because I'm famous. You don't have to do that quick, or it doesn't seem like that to me. Yeah, uh, well, I, like I guess, thanks. I appreciate that, man. But like, uh, it, it you know, as, as far as things go with Jeremy McKenzie, uh, as balanced of a person as you can be, uh, or however you conduct yourself, I mean, there's there's cer there's certain lines and things that you say that uh, that if you cross them, I'm just like, okay, I'm kind of done with you, you know. And I might watch from afar, kind of thing. But uh, there's there's just been a few things that that guy's done and said that I just I'm, I'm just not with, and. Uh, there's a lot of things that that guy does and says that I 100% uh, agree with and and am wholehearted a believer in, but there's 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 just lines that you don't cross, man. When you cross a few of them, I'm just like, okay, well, I just I, you know, like what's you, he doing? On your what's, side. what's this guy doing that's pushing you all the way I, out to the? 
I'd, I'd see like the the dividing line was the Anita Polyev uh, comment that he made yeah. to just like you know he, I just he, I just can't go, got, if if you hadn't heard from him he's just uh, they just uh, commented that he should just you know we should just go rape her kind of thing so like there's a line and then you cross it and then I'm like yeah. listen no matter what you say there's no coming back from that yeah right? okay fair I, yeah. I touche yeah. <laughs> so J- Jeremy so. Vance is uh uh is uh, army vet. Um, East Coast, for whom I have the greatest respect for, be- because of his service and and what he's done. Like, to, like, don't get me wrong here, but there's very very opinionated. Um, and is is you know when I try when I ask uh, Quick Dick uh, about something that I think is you know I, I can't remember I, I the last one I think that uh, when me and Twos had him on, we were talking about uh, cow farts or something, and then Quick Dick just totally fucking dismantled it. I was like, shit, you didn't even let me get my my thought out. Anyways. Uh, with, 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 uh, Jeremy, he is as sharp as a tack. And so, uh, mm-hmm. what Vance is talking uh, Vance, what Quick Dick's talking about is he got drunk on a, like a live stream feed with a group of his friends and in, in the drunkenness, uh, that's what I'm going to call it anyways. Uh, he talks about raving the official, uh, opposition's leader, of the official opposition's wife, wife. Yeah. And it's it's a t- like a eight second clip. You can hear the guys in there go oh or like oh like you know like it wasn't you know. And then what happens is, you know, that gets blasted to the entire world. Um, he is probably the most notorious Canadian right now, right alongside probably you know I don't know I, I actually don't know like it, it's either way. But when I talk to him and I you know for me I'm like. I'd like to have him back on and I'd like to ask him about that. I really would. Cause I'm like, that was, I, I think everyone in their was that post your guys's interview. I can't remember the timeline there. That was post. Oh yeah. That was post. Yeah. That was, um, honestly the day that, uh, I interviewed him last quick Dick, it was like less than 24 hours and he had an arrest warrant come out for him. And so okay. I had yeah. a ton of people, some weapons charges there too. Was yes. there not? That's the, yeah. and so people were like, you got to pull this interview. Why didn't you talk about this? You're not talking about what's, and I'm like, does anybody know what I do? I record and then I release. I don't live stream. Dude, how the, how dude, the hell would I've, I know I've that? Been, I've been down that road too, and that's like I like I refuse to take anything down that I've ever put up. I'm no, just like, no, I, it was there. It was relevant at the time. I'm leaving it up, right? I mean, if I had him back on, and I hope to, I, I really won't ask him about that because I'm like, mm-hmm. to me, like the anyways, we could sit on well, that topic for a long time. You know, you think about people in the social media world where they can do something wrong. It can be bad. And it can be replayed forever. And so there's never any forgiveness. And like, yeah, if there was one thing that is deeply important to Western civilization, it is the ability to forgive people and say, like, all right, you're back in the community because otherwise we're just fighting to the death. We're just mobs and whoever has the largest group that can say who's in and who's out. It's bad. I don't know whether this guy wants to be forgiven or any of those things, but like we have definitely allowed social media to make it so a person can be hated for as long as their Wikipedia page mentions, you know, first that that's the thing that they did. Like to, to a certain extent, I'll agree with that advance, but like, uh, like part of it that I won't agree with is that there's certain things that you can say or whatever. And you can be like, okay, well maybe I can come back from what you say. Uh, and you know, words have consequences to a certain extent, but uh, there are some actions that that people uh, can carry out for which I will never have forgiveness for, uh, no matter what. You know, uh, words, yes, okay, to a certain extent, but I'm always going to have that in the back of my mind of what you maybe once said 
But when it comes down to actions, uh, if there's things that you do that you carry out as a human being, uh, there's there's some things you'll never come back from with me. Yeah, I mean, agreed. Yeah, I mean, I think like I I think that forgiveness is important, and it's more important than just for the person, but for the hate you carry with somebody. But there are actions that somebody can take that you think to dwell or spend any time on these ideas are so dark that it wouldn't, it wouldn't be good. But mm. um, I won't go so far as to say like that I would be able to forgive anyone. I just think mm. that forgiveness is a, is a very high value that I think we're losing as a culture. I, I agree are- with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been, especially lately here, you know, with you see a lot of the, in, in Canada here specifically with a lot of the, you know, the killings of police officers and, uh, you know, James Smith cremation, some of the things that go on, there's, there's things that go on that uh, you, you, you can't get past, you know, whether it's addictions or whether you had a bad childhood or all these different things. I, I, I get it. I understand it. I have empathy for it. But uh, at the end of the day, if you go out and, and stab 12 people or you go and you kill a police officer or some of these things happen, I I do have empathy for maybe how you were raised or how your lifestyle got you to where you're at kind of thing. It just it, there's, there's just no end result that can make what you did okay or equitable to what your past was kind of thing. And, and I'm done with you, you know? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Trying not to take the podcast too dark here, but... Sean did tell me that I was looking very dark when I signed on tonight. So <laughs> it's, 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 an, it's an interesting thought. You know, it's, it's, um, is there an ultimate line that you can never come back from? I absolutely think you there step is. step across 100%. this and, you know, Christianity is founded on there. I think maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe I'll have listeners, uh, correct me, but like they're founded on there is not that there's no line, but the line's pretty far because you can you can be asked for forgiveness in Christianity and come back from pretty much anything, can't you? Well, this is the the philosophy that Rene Girard, who's this like French philosopher, he pointed out that Christianity created a a system in which forgiveness could occur for anyone that that God Himself would would allow forgiveness, and that this keeps you from mob action. And that that was actually one of the social technologies that that was created when Christianity proliferated was that it was like, all right, the, there's a reason they brought that woman into the into the like town square and they were going to stone her for her being evil and bad and conducting. You know, I think she committed adultery. Right. So this is tearing away the family, you know, destroying the fabric of things. So they were going to stone her and they say, whoever's without for you know sin, cast the first stone. And I think that that reason that is such a powerful story is it doesn't go into the depths of like, yeah, well, what if a person did X or Y or Z? Would you forgive them then? It's just making sure that you're aware in your own humility of your own human frailty and your own weakness and your own ability to do bad things and to be very, very careful about judging people. But I say this as a father, that if there's somebody hurt my daughter, I I hear you. Yeah. I mean, when it I, comes to kids, ahead, right? Well, when it comes to kids, there, there's a line and don't fucking mm-hmm. cross it, right? Like, I mean, I think any dad, uh, any parent, heck, any uh, upstanding com- uh, uh, citizen probably knows that line. Like, we're all going, yeah, you don't fuck with that line. I I, I feel like that line exists. And, and, and I mean, obviously, I don't get it to the depth that you guys do with both of you having kids kind of thing. But I like me personally... 
I, I experience that line uh, basically with with any type of humanity kind of thing. Whether I see somebody, I've 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 had it happen to me many times. Uh, where I'll come across a situation where I might not know one person or the other person or what's happening in the situation, but what I see one person doing to another person, regardless of what context led up to it, they are crossing a line that I have deemed not crossable. And, uh, and I have intervened in the past and will continue to intervene in the future. Maybe someday that might, you know, cause me some harm as well. But, uh, but I think, I, like, but I think Vance, uh, Vance, quick, jeez, oh, I think, um, <laughs> I think uh, defining your lines is a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think it is too. I don't think enough of us um, think about that at all. Like, you know, uh, like where is the line? Is there a line? Is there no line? I, I, I you know, but and, I, I, th- I think we all, I think we all know where our line is, though. It's, uh, it's, it. Mm-hmm. I, I think we all know where our line is. And I think it's whether you have the it's it's whether you have the strength to cross it at the time or the fortitude to cross it at the time, or maybe you can you can break down the situation fast enough to be like, well, is it is it worth it crossing the line right now, considering the situation that I'm in, kind of thing. I mean, I've been in a couple of situations here, you know, just in the last little while, where it's just just one person verbally abusing another person, and I was just like, uh, that you know what. That is that's over my line. What's happening right now? And I and I intervened in it, and, and it ended fine. You know what I mean? There's been some other situations where it's come down to physical violence, where it's it's a phys- physical violence thing, and you're like, I don't know you, and I don't know you, but I know that this is crossing my line, and I can't just be a bystander here and let this happen. Uh, and I think I don't know. I think we see that a lot in society now, where there's a lot of people that are just comfortable standing back and recording it with the phone, versus being like, Hey, this is wrong, and I'm going to do something about it. Whether you should or not, I'm I'm not, you know, condoning that either way. But I'm just saying that I like, you know, I, I feel like I'm a I'm a person that that knows where my lines are and when they're being crossed, I, I feel it's my job to do something about it. I think that I would firmly distinguish between responsibility and forgiveness. And I think like what you're talking about, quick, is like, hey, you're in a circumstance, you've got to make decisions. What are you responsible for? And part of that comes yeah. down to like, what kind of man are you, right? And like that, I'm 100% in agreement with that. What is your responsibility to making sure that justice is carried out or that that someone isn't allowed to go free or or receive something? And forgiveness being something different, something altogether like beyond being just regular. It's it's what allows you to not be an animal. It's what allows you to Mm -hmm. be a sentient being in some important way. That's that's a very important point, Vance. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Keep going. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a very good point, man. This has been a fascinating uh, closing in on a couple hours, fellas. Um, Holy shit! Really? <laughs> yeah, it? it's it's almost uh, well oh, here. Great. It's almost nine o'clock. You know, so uh, I want to end with this. I I, I um, uh, crude masters back. You know, for another year. I I got to give a shout out to all my sponsors that are coming back because like. Thanks, you know, without, crude master. Without without all of that the the support of uh, all these different companies, um, I, I you know I wouldn't be doing this full time. I'm I'm different than uh, I, I think a lot of um, you know probably full time podcasts. They rely a lot on their audience, and I certainly love my audience, and they've been fantastic. But I've tried to take the burden off of uh, a lot of uh, people that are you know trying to make their way in this world and, and dealing with uh, you know lots of different issues and. I've been maybe fortunate enough to have businesses uh, reach out or vice versa. 
and uh, support what I'm doing. Um, anyways, you get the point. Crude Master has been one of them, and they've signed back on. So uh, shout out to Heath and Tracy because uh, you know some days I don't make it easy on these on these businesses. Uh, I, I you know some days I wonder if I you know enjoy watching everybody squirm. The final question um, normally is what do you stand behind, but I feel like I've asked it to both of you before. So uh, I guess you know I, I'm I'm looking at 2023. And I'm wondering, what do you hope comes out of 2023? Gee, that, that's a pretty, uh, you know, world peace and all that good stuff. I, <laughs> I, I guess, you know, if, if, uh, if you were hoping, nah, let, let's not use hope. Let's say you have a goal set for 2023. What are you hoping to accomplish in 2023? You ready, Vance? Or do you want me to go? You hit it. Yeah, yeah. You go. Uh, I wanna, I wanna reach a different audience. Is what I want to do in 2023. Uh, I've, I've spent, uh, I've spent a lot of time, I'd say, creating content that, uh, that, that you know, re- relates to, to my, my base of subscribers or people that, that wear quick dick shirts and uh, and want to hear me, you know, roast the prime minister and do a lot of these other things. Uh, my goal in 2023 is, is to have a minimum of four productions that, that I make that, uh, that make their way to the places where they need to be. Uh, I do a lot of time creating content that, uh, that, that's, that's, that's great and relatable for, uh, for rural, you know, Western central Canada and to a lot of places in Australia, the States, to everybody that watches, I mean, thank you so much. But I, I, I want content that uh, that people who need to hear what I'm going to say or need to see what I'm going to show them, that I that I don't offend them and make them shut it off right away in the first five minutes because I say fuck this or you know kind of thing. I just want it to be uh, me being a, a guy that's concerned about the livelihood of, of a lot of things that we do around here and the importance of them, and I just want to be able to share that and communicate it to a different audience. Uh, so my goal for 2023 is, is to, is to just reach a part of that audience that will watch to the end and hopefully look at it and be like, wow, maybe I should have another look at this. That's a, that's a, that's a lofty goal, but I mean, that's a good goal. It's a that's big a, goal, yeah. but I ain't afraid of it either. I'll try. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, 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 uh, you're, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking to a guy who lost. I, I guess I, I'm sitting here stumbling with my words because I'm like, I literally started a podcast talking to hockey players and did a <laughs> complete and utter 180 and lost probably 90% of my audience. I shouldn't say that. There's probably a lot of you who've hung on for the ride, but it has been a ride. And uh, yeah, trying to find a way to bridge a gap to get to a different audience will most likely be very uncomfortable. That's all right. Some of the underwear and jeans I wear are uncomfortable from time to time. Because <laughs> I've drank more Pilsner since I got home. So, <laughs> Vance, I mean, you 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 look deep in thought there. Well, I uh, in the last year, this business that I started doing these legacy interviews, which you're really familiar with, or when I sit down and record some of these life stories, we've been able to increase the value of what we deliver to somebody in ways that like, I didn't really think were possible. And like, if I can just keep going, that that to me, a year of good hard work dedicated on this craft, like that, that'll be a successful year. Just keep everything that I'm doing. I'm not trying to reach for more. I'm just 
I'm trying to do what we're doing really, really well. That will be a wonderful year. It'll give me time with my girls, give me time with uh, working on the the podcast, but it really allows me to hone a craft. And that's something I'm, I'm grateful to have the opportunity to do. Yeah. You said, uh, you said uh, two words that I've been told and I find it uh, interesting. They pop up usually at the right times is keep going or maybe, maybe three, just keep going. Um, and it's funny that how important those words really are because sometimes when you're, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I listen to, uh, you know, different guys talk about, you know, Jocko or, or some different guys on Rogan that talk about, you know, on the worst days, just go. And, uh, you know, like, I don't want to, but you go anyways. And, uh, there are days like that on a podcast. There are probably days like that in recording, um, either quick ticks videos or, or the legacy interviews, Vance, where you're, you know, There's you know days having, farming. Yeah. Days like that in cattle, <laughs> I can tell you that much. We're just having an off day, but you go anyways. And, uh, you know, um, uh, yeah, I well, here's here's the 2023 fellas. Uh, you're, you're the first podcast of 2023. Um I'd taken what had been like geez, I I I say I hadn't been in the studio for 9 days, but I think I haven't recorded in close to 2 weeks now. So this is the first new content I've had and it you know, this is about as tight to a deadline as I get. Uh, you know, Sunday night here uh for the person who's listening right to the end and we'll spit it out. We'll stay up old school. Uh, Sunday night here, so it's out for Monday morning. But uh, hell yeah, I, I look I look forward to to seeing what you two guys do uh, in the new uh, in the future uh, for 2023. And I'm excited to have you both and Lloyd on the 22nd. I I'm like I wonder if we're gonna sell any tickets to you. know, I assume we will. But you know, <laughs> like it, you know, uh, Quick Tick made fun of me. This is probably like I don't know what it was a year ago when I said, oh yeah, I'll release tickets two months before, and he's like, oh, only two months. I'm like, ah. Any longer than that, people, like, it's too long. And now I'm like, I got, like, three weeks. You got three <laughs> weeks, folks, to, uh, who knows, maybe we'll be talking to an empty empty building, hey? Just us three sitting there. Intimate uh, setting. Chit- that's right. That's right. But either way, uh, look forward to seeing what you guys do. Look forward to having you here because I think it's going to be a ton of fun to be on stage with you and uh, get to interact. As much as I love this, nothing, absolutely nothing beats being in person. And I've become a little bit of. Di- I get what Quick Tick talks about the stage. Uh, I mean, Vance, you you talk all over the place. I thought I would be petrified of that thing, and it's kind of become the new rink. Like I love the vibes that I get from being on stage and interacting yeah, with the crowd. Like that's that's a ton of fun. And and for for Quick Tick, it's probably going to be laughter. Uh, uh, for Vance, it's probably I don't know head nodding. I'm going to assume. And for me, it's it's when they're completely <laughs> science. <laughs> completely silent and they're all leaned in because I've created something with a group of people because it's not about me. It's about the people you put on stage that they're interacting in a way that people want to hear more. And uh, I find that fascinating. Either way, I'm, I'm just, yeah. well, I, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to, to getting to meet Stephen Barber and, uh, and Vance obviously to meet you in person is going to be awesome. I mean, I've just been, uh, it's, it's, it's been an honor to get to get to know you as a friend here over the last couple of years. You too, Sean, it's been great. I mean, you know, the bike for breakfast thing was awesome. Then it's led down to us meeting up a few times. And uh, yeah, it just, the universe works in crazy ways. And it's just, it's been really uh, an honor to be able to get uh, circled up with the two of you guys here. So looking forward to meeting Steven and whoever else is in the audience. I hope there's a bunch of people that were at the last show that are in the audience too, that I just didn't have enough time to, to stop and say hi to kind of thing. And uh, really looking forward to it, gents. Yeah, I mean, just meeting people, man, like the type of person that's listed all the way to the end of this podcast, you're the type of person that's going to want to hang out with other people like this. 
and we'll hang out and uh, have a great time. So that'd be great. Yeah, whoever made it to the whoever made it to the end, I'll buy you a beer. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> you watch two hundred people show up and put dicks on the tab. <laughs> I call I call bullshit. Yeah, and if that's the case, perfect. That's good. Yeah, so. I'm gonna, that's going to be the start of the show. Raise a hand. Promo code. Raise a hand. Did you happen many, to catch the end of that? And uh, who caught the end of the podcast? Raise a hand here. Yeah, do you want to put out a little, yeah. little code word so they know? <laughs> oh, yeah, it'll be, uh, yeah, it'll be uh, promo code. It'll be quick dick is for me. Quick, there, there you go. Quick dick is for me. Uh, January 22nd here in Lloydminster Gold Coast <laughs> Casino. Check it out in the show notes. Boys, I'm looking forward to having you. Thanks for giving me some time tonight. Always fun, uh, uh, you know, interacting with you too. And now getting to do it this way too. And quickly here, three weeks or less, uh, uh, once again, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, looking forward to it.